Hey everybody, this is Chet. Welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. What are we up to here? Um, now I gotta look it up. It is one thirty something. One thirty nine. Today I will be interviewing Anthony Champ or Tony Champ. He told me to call him Tony, but all his stuff online is listed as Anthony. So anyway, he's a, a great painter, great painter of monsters and great tattoo artist and a really interesting, funny guy. So that was a good interview and you will be hearing it shortly. I Let's see what's going on here with me. Uh, well. I, uh, I've had a lot of some really cool things happen this week and then some terrible things happen. Um, on Halloween, I found out my dog is dying of cancer. So that's a bummer. <clears throat> and, uh, we're just kind of keeping him comfortable until he gets to a point that he needs to be put down. He hates the vet. He freaks out at the vet. So I found a vet that will come out and put him down uh, when he's ready. So I ha I've got all that stuff ready. So like I said, he's still kind of okay and doesn't seem in, in pain or anything. He's just not eating and, um, you know, getting weaker every day. So. Anyway, it's my my dog Doc, who's like a Weimaraner pit bull mix, and so that's just terrible. I know many of you have dealt with this. You know how how, how it is. It's it's awful. So that's um that's kind of been taking all my time up this last week. Now the good news is that Tool released my gig poster, the second gig poster I did for this tour. And it is, they use the painting Alter Ego that, um, I actually painted this just for the, the gig poster and it seems to be very popular. So that's great. I'm getting a lot of, I've got an Adam Jones posted, um, uh, a picture of it in his stories and a little video. And I got like another thousand followers in a couple of days on Instagram. So that was kind of cool. I've got a lot of people joining the Patreon because of it, which is great. Um, just so you know, I am getting some, I guess they're artist proofs or I'm getting posters a certain amount. I'm not sure when, and, uh, I'm, I'm going to be able to sell them because that's part of the deal. So <clears throat> I'm just waiting to get them. And as I have been doing, you know, if you follow me on Patreon for the last, I don't know, as long as I've been on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Chetzar, if you want to join up. But I have been for the $50 and above level on my Patreon, $50 a month and above level on my Patreon. You get a bunch of stuff with that, you know, every, all the lower tiers, but you, and uh, a 20% ongoing discount of all the stuff in my web store. But what you also get is first chance to buy things, new product releases like studies and resin casts and print limited editions. I post everything on Patreon first and I give the uh, 
$50 a month and higher subscribers first opportunity to buy things. And after those people get, you know, the people at the higher levels get their stuff, then I open it up to the rest of the patron, uh, patrons, the lower levels. And after that, then I release it to the general public. So, um, so I've been having a lot of people join up at the $50 level, which is amazing because they're, they're wanting to get this poster. So I don't know how long they're going to stick around, <laughs> but I'll, I'll take what I can get. Um, I saw someone kind of complaining, like I was holding these posters hostage online. Um, someone online was kind of bitching about it, but like it was some kind of plan. But honestly, you, you know, anybody who's on the Patreon knows this is just my business model now. I have to reward people that are willing to pay 50 bucks or more a month. And so they get first chance at whatever I'm selling. So it's, it would be unfair to just release everything to the public. It's, you know, you get a big benefit for, that's a lot of money. So I want to make sure and take care of these people on my Patreon. So anyway, it wasn't some big scheme I cooked up. It completely, I didn't expect it to blow up like this. I really didn't as far as the tool posters go. So um, uh, it's not some big grand scheme. It just kind of worked out that way. So anyway, that's the best way if you want to get a, a one of the tool posters is to join the Patreon, which is patreon.com slash chetsar. Join at the $50 level and you will get the first chance to buy the posters. And honestly, I don't know if, if I don't know how many posters I'm getting. So I don't know if they're going to just sell out to the $50 people first or, or what. But anyway, that's your best chance of getting one. I'm also going to be releasing... Um, a print, a paper, a limited edition paper print. Once those are sold, so like you know, a nice, not a poster, but like a nice fine art print on nice paper, signed and numbered, and that will be coming after that. So, uh, let's see. I'm also talking about. Well, maybe I shouldn't mention that. Yeah, um, forget I said that. Okay, uh, what else? That's so. That's been going on, and it's been kind of cool and exciting. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. I'm trying to get out all these studies that I painted over Halloween, the Halloween season. Um, I sold a lot of those. I sold all except one. There's still one in the web store, which is the old John Barrymore, uh, uh, Mr. Hyde from like 1920 or 1922 or something, which I always thought was one of the greatest Mr. Hyde makeups of all time. He's got like a cone head and long fingers, but it was the least popular uh, study this round so there you go you never know you never know what's gonna sell so okay let's get on with it uh let's get on with the new subscribers anyway that's what's been going on with me so now we'll, we'll get on with the new subscribers and then you can get on get on to the uh, uh interview okay so new subscribers come on here we go where are we uh la -dee -da. Okay, now I'm not sure where I left off. I need to start writing down where I left off on this. I'll start with uh, Jesse Goddard. I'm pretty sure I, I mentioned Jesse Goddard last time, but I'm just going to read these. Uh, Jesse Goddard, Desiree Hogan, Emily Blythe Jones, Aki Olson. I think that's how you pronounce it. A-K-E with a weird little circle on top over the a uh I don't, 
Aki, Aki Olsen. Uh, Derek Moore upped his pledge, which is cool. Uh, we got a deleted one here. Jason Lyman. I believe that's how you pronounce it. He's a great artist. He's coming on the podcast soon, too. I really love his work. Uh, and he donated so and joined. So thanks, Jason. Thank you, everybody, for supporting the podcast. This is your financial support is the only way this is happening. I've had people talk to me like I should get sponsorships, and I don't even know how to do that. I don't even know how I would go about it, and I really would rather not. If I could just support this through individual donations to the Patreon, you know, I don't want to be selling shit on here other than, my, you know, my own. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I suppose if there was a product that I used or that I didn't think was horrible, I might be willing to. But anyway, I'd rather not if I could just avoid the whole thing anyway. So please, you know, share the podcast and support the Patreon if you can and all that jazz. All right, let's get to the five questions so we can get into this interview. Okay. Fawn Bilak, what do you listen to when you work? I listen to documentaries. I'm sure I've said it a million times, I think. I listen to music once in a blue moon, but I just got stuck on documentaries and sometimes just TV shows I like. I'll put them on in the background. I have a TV uh, next to my easel. Uh, I don't know. I, I started watching documentary. I didn't like documentaries. And then Mike Carell approached me to make a documentary about me. And so I thought, well, I better start watching doc documentaries and getting some ideas. And then I just completely fell in love with documentaries to the point where I almost like them better than regular movies now, which was weird because I grew up not really liking documentaries. Uh, so I'm a documentary freak. Okay. Let me cross that one out. Uh, come on. All right. Oh, okay, I won't cross it out. Fine. Okay, let's move on. Spiro Cambitsis. How do you become comfortable making art that would make others very comfortable? How do you create art without letting your loved ones know you are a maniac? Well, that's a weird question. Uh, uh, let's see. Comfortable making art that would make others uncomfortable. I, I've always been comfortable making this art. So, um, I don't how if it makes people uncomfortable, it's not really something I think about very much. Maybe even in the beginning when I was first showing, I was wondering what people were going to think of it, but. I don't know. I don't really worry about that. Um, you know, if I encounter those people, like someone said something on a post on Facebook recently, something along the lines of, I don't get this kind of artwork. The world is already dark enough. I like happy things or something like that. And I get it, but uh, Steve Clef kind of chimed in and made a great point for for uh, why dark art is especially important nowadays, really. And um, so I explained to my, my perspective on it, how it's, you know, 
more than more than uh, what is on the surface. There's more to it. There is this positive angle to it, and it's sort of how you look at it, really. Okay, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's the best I can do. And how do you create art without? I mean, he, he, how do you create art without letting your loved ones know you are a maniac? <laughs> I don't know because I'm not a maniac. So, um, okay, uh, let's see. Michael O'Brien, what's the one thing you dislike most about oil painting? That would be probably the thing I love about it the most, most which is the drying time. It would be nice if if if, if you could get oils to dry when you wanted them to and then not dry like you had control of the oil paint drying that would kind of be amazing if you could get it to dry as quickly as acrylic i would it would just be absolutely perfect um, but having to wait but the the slow drying time is also what makes it great it's because you can blend and, and do things like that so i would have to say that the dry time, even though I love that about it too. So, uh, okay, what was that? That was one, two, three. All right. Um, Laura Rathbone, the most low budget film you worked on and its trials. That's a good one. The most low budget, it's probably one called, uh, think it's called Blatella. I don't know if that was the final title. Let me look. Blatella. It was about a giant mosquito. I think they may have changed the title. But there was this, it was super, oh, it is. Look. No, that's not it. Oh, yeah, Bugbuster. It came out as Bugbuster. 98. Oops. 1998. Um, so it was super low budget and totally disorganized, like ridiculous. Um, the director, this guy named Lorenzo was a total asshole, such an asshole, it's like a screamer screaming at people on set. He was just, he was just a monster. He it was so bad that at the end of the movie, the, the few of us doing effects, we made shirts that said, I hate Lorenzo. That's how bad it was. I mean, we didn't wear them to set, but it was like a little in-joke. So probably I'll have to go with Bugbuster, the lowest budget movie. And those were some of the trials. I don't remember specifically. Uh, I think George, George Decay was in it. Let me see. I don't want to. Yeah, Randy Quaid was in it. George Takei. I did it. I did a. Um, here's a funny story from that. I did a, a makeup on George Takei, a slit throat uh, appliance, and I was gluing it on him. And he kept telling me that I was too fat. <laughs> he kept kind of like making remarks like, oh, you need to work out or you should run like me. Um, and, uh, if you're not aware, he, he became, he eventually became the, uh, a, a guest 
announcer on the Howard Stern show. And I used to listen to the Howard Stern show. And before he was the guest announcer, they used to play clips of his, him talking like recorded interviews. They cut little clips out and play them. uh, You know, like him going, Oh my. And, and you know, the weird things he says, and they would kind of make fun of him. And he didn't have an association with the show before that. And I mentioned something like, yeah, what do you think about them using your, your voice on Howard Stern show? And he goes, he kind of got pissed and he goes, well, he didn't get pissed, but he could tell he wasn't happy about it. And he goes, do you listen to the Howard Stern show? And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, you know what they say. You can judge a man by the company he keeps. And then he kind of gave me this look. <laughs> But he was cool. <laughs> and then eventually he goes, he went, he's now he goes on the show every so often as like a guest announcer. So anyway, that was kind of funny. Uh, all right. So let's cross that one off the list. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. One more, one more. Okay. If you could be a different artist, who would you be from Johnny Weiss? Um, I supply, I subscribe to, her uh, Patreon too, which is great. She sends out awesome stuff as as rewards. Um, so you know, it's a it's a uh, not a not a realistic question, obviously. But but if I had to pick, you know, yeah, I don't know because it's like on one hand, I would love to have the skill of Phil Hale. I would love to to be Phil Hale. Uh, but there's a lot of painters like that, you know? But as far as, there's a lot of painters I would, uh, you know, if I were to take on this this question and try and answer it sort of seriously, um, there's a lot of great painters like um, Jeremy Lipking or Sean Cheatham or these really technical, amazing painters. But but for me, and this, and we talk about this, I think, in the, in the interview with uh, Tony Champ, a big part of it is is the the fantasy aspect of it that I really love. Not just the painting technique. That's why I don't think I'd ever be happy just doing like portraits or scenes of everyday life. Cause I love the, the fantastic fantasy imaginative aspect of art making, uh, creating something that, you know, doesn't exist. So, on that level, Phil Hale is kind of the man in a way because he's got amazing, amazing technique. Plus, he's he's got a weird, real creative um, approach and really interesting ideas in his paintings. But having said that, if I had to pick one artist I would rather be than myself, I would probably have to go with Bekshinsky because that I just resonate so strongly with that that world he paints or painted um that reality so i'll just for the sake of argument go with bekchinski all right that's that questions have been answered new subscribers have been named uh so so let's get on with the the podcast uh did i mention about supporting the podcast if you want to support 
you go to patreon.com slash dark art society and you get support for as little as a dollar a month and make this thing happen. And, uh, the bigger it gets, the better it is for all of us. For example, with, I'll just throw this in with, um, all this publicity from the tool posters, you know, I, I po I've getting new followers. I'm posting my artwork just to keep the whole thing going. And I always po post dark art society hash in my hashtag dark art society podcast in the hashtag. So, um, I'm trying to turn more with people onto this through my own following and association with tool and stuff like that. So when you become part of this little group, you, you indirectly gain these benefits. You know what I'm saying? Like being part of it and supporting and getting in the secret group and, and all that. Um, I'm promoting it through my own stuff. And so you becoming a part of it, you know, the more, uh, uh, publicity we get, the dark art society gets, the better it is for everybody who's a part of the dark art society, especially if, you know, if you're an artist and, and need the promotion. And anyway, I'm rambling 20 minutes again, 21 minutes. Okay. So that's it. All right. Enjoy this interview with Tony champ. It was really fun. He's a funny dude and uh, we had a blast. So check it out. What's up, Tony? <laughs> Freezes. Doesn't know what to say. <laughs> as hey, if, man. As if we just didn't say hello two seconds ago. I know. And we man-hugged. We man-hugged. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, man. I, I'm, I love your work. Your work is fucking great. I can swear. Hooray. My wife said I shouldn't use F words, but you just used it. Oh, yeah. Now we use it all the time here on the podcast. Fuck yeah, man. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm at home, right at home now. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I, I was just discussing this with you right before we start recording. I know nothing about you except that your artwork's amazing. That's the only thing I know about you. So where are you right now? Where are you from? Or is that, is well, that a, what's the accent? <laughs> the accent? Oh, my God. Um, I was born in England originally and came out to Australia as a, you know, like a 10-pound palm, as they called it, back in... Uh, what, 65. I'm I'm 56 now, so I've been around for a little while. Oh, good. Somebody might close to my own age. Finally, everybody Indeed, I interview yes. on here is like 10 years, Hi. 15 years younger than me. My name's Tony. I've been drawing for five seconds. Thank you. <laughs> Did I say Tourette's? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, you moved to. So you're in Australia now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been here. Um, the farm I live on. I've been on this farm alone for 25 years. Oh wow. So. Yeah, 20, 120 acres in the middle of nowhere. It's beautiful. What 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 part of Australia is it? Well, it's uh, Balamble Valley. It's inland from Coolangatta. Okay, I don't know where uh, that is. Not that okay, I would well, know where anything is. Of, okay, about an hour and a half south of Brisbane, and then inland twenty minutes in the hinterland. Uh, you know, you know what's weird? <clears throat> this is a trip because the last uh, guest I had on the show, her name her name's Mao Squaz. That's her artist name. Yeah, yeah. She's from Australia. And so, um, and then I was talking to someone I do a, 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 a mentorship with uh, from my Patreon and she's from Australia 
And we were talking all about Australia and she's like, yeah, that's where we're talking like how the, the middle of Australia is kind of like this desolate wasteland. And she's like, yeah, I live there. <laughs> but uh, it's just kind of weird that the, all of a sudden we've got Aussies on the show. And then there was another, yeah, there, there was another one too. Local suburbs that are wastelands. What's that? I can pick a couple of local suburbs that are wastelands. If yeah. You want to talk about wastelands. <laughs> <laughs> Cultural wastelands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. So I didn't even know you're in Australia. It doesn't say on your, I couldn't find any info about you online. Okay. Interesting. Is, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, 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 I just see this amazing stuff you do on Facebook and Instagram, like super cool okay, monster I've, illustration I've been, and paintings. Yeah. I've been uh, painting and drawing all my life and I sort of made it big in the eighties uh, and nineties doing publication art and, uh, started teaching actually in '89, mm-hmm. and uh, life went a bit south mid '90s. And I thought, what is it I really like doing? So I, I chose teaching. So in teaching, though, it's not a money job, but it was 15 hour days and successful, and co-ended an art school. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it was very interesting. That's wow. the whole story itself. <laughs> I bet the drama, the drama of humans. Yeah, uh, anytime yeah, you're so in charge of a group of people, it's there's going to be trouble. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I basically made a name there, and so it entered into tentatively the film industry a bit, things like that. Oh shit! And but with teaching is is because I chose to put all my energy into it. Suddenly, your uh, connection to the outside art world can diminish. Right. Apart from maybe the gallery scene. Mm-hmm. So, so I went down that road for a while. So what 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 were you? Uh publishing i mean what kind of work were you doing in the oh, 80s so, and 90s uh, queensland newspapers uh, news limited or news corp as it's called now i think um magazine covers uh caricatures oh wow you know, stuff yeah how'd, stuff like that how'd you wind up doing so many monsters i've done that all my life yeah that's just me, yeah, that's <laughs> Excellent. Just me man i got I, I get told off all the time and particularly when i'm doing workshops uh, people want you know, landscapes and seascapes, which I love. I love all the traditional. Right. I teach traditional. I'm known for my portrait painting, et cetera, et cetera. Commissions, that sort of thing. Mm. But when I draw and paint for myself, it's always been what you see. Excellent. Always. <laughs> it just happens to be that way. That's so cool. I mean, that's what this whole podcast is all about, Dark Art Society. The podcast and this whole little Dark Art Society group we've started. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out here that, in the world that love this artwork. They love monsters yep, absolutely, and they love dark stuff. And so the whole purpose of the podcast is, you know, just trying to gal- form a community, galvanize people that are into this sort of thing, <clears throat> you know, cause you, we get, like you said, you get, you get shit for it or you get marginalized <laughs> and it's legit, man. It's like, I always say, what, what's the difference between a monster and a, bowl of fruit or a landscape or something it's there's yes no, yes exactly it's, va- exactly it's equally as valid so it's not fair that one gets held up as one, well one's just far more entertaining right exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's the difference one's a lot more entertaining and creative too. <laughs> indeed yeah yeah <laughs> i mean that's where all to me that's that's where the fun is is like the the creativity of of monster i mean that's like such a rich uh Oh, look, it's endless. To, to delve it's, into. Like, you've, got, you've got all the ologies involved, you know, from, like I say, a xenomorph physiology. You've got the archaeology of a right. creature, the history of a creature. You've got all that stuff I love. Uh, 
know, and you do have landscapes, you do have things mm-hmm. built to it that are still part of its environment. I love that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like you know, life changing moments was aliens or aliens. Sorry, in '79, I'm when, when that came out, that was like uh, jaw dropping. Right, same you know, here. Like, man. Wow. Yeah, so they're talking about the environment of the creature. Right, brilliant. Yeah, that was. Uh, I remember seeing that in the theater. That was that was a big movie when it came out, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I had uh, um, my father. I was in grade eleven when it came out, mm-hmm. and, a, and a year before, my father was doing commercial art, and someone had given him, which he then gave me, was Geiger's Necronomicon, the yeah. original large folio edition. Yeah, I have that. And it had, yeah, man, oh, crazy stuff, and it just changed me totally. And you've got. Really, Scott used the two particular paintings, of course, for the, the space jockey and the alien creature. Right. And that just transformed me. You me- might not see it totally in my work now, but it's all that stuff is still there. Oh, yeah. It was hu- huge for me, too. I, this guy made a documentary about me, uh, this guy, Mike Carell, who he used to actually co-host the podcast with me. And yeah. and that's that's a point in in the movie where that was like a huge change for me is when, when I discovered Giger and alien and that's, that stuff was just like, you know, different than anything I'd ever seen before completely yeah, changed yeah. everything and still influences what I do today. Yeah. You know, yeah. That and Frazetta. Yeah. Those two things. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I love Frazetta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are my two. Yeah, grew up on him. Really? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah. We're, we're like, we're around the same age. I'm going to be 52 next week, I think. Indeed. Yes. And so it's like, those are the two for me. It was Giger. We can now cry on each other's shoulders. That's awesome. <laughs> That's right. That's cool. Hooray. <laughs> Talk about back pain and knee pain yeah, and yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but those were the two. Frazetta and Giger were the two, my two, my first, like, two favorite artists growing up when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah. Mine was uh, Frazetta, uh, John Basima. And forgive, forgive me if I'm not pronouncing things right, being, being so foreign. Uh, <laughs> but uh, John Basima, Marvel. Uh, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Just totally do it right from the word go. Actually, I got into Rosetta when I was four or five years old. Dad had it in the house and same, again, folio. Same here. My da- yeah, yeah. My dad also was a, a was an artist, and so he had Rosetta books. Yeah, you know, you get that. Even as a child, you can have that epiphany, that jaw dropping moment where it's that's it, that's it, and that was it. Right. <laughs> that that and and Jimi Hendrix's Third Stone from the Sun. That was another moment. Oh yeah, Jimi Hendrix is amazing was amazing Indeed. i got into i mean let's see how old were you how what year were you born 63, Six, 63? actually my hendrix yeah my hendrix story is uh mom we'd come out from england and, and mom had bought sergeant pepper's now you experienced in 67 uh-huh. and and i was running past chasing my brother i was three he was two and third time from the sun came on and i just stood in my tracks i couldn't believe what my ears were listening to. <laughs> that's so cool even then wow. yeah and that was it that was it. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. I, I was born in 67. I remember probably my sister bought Sergeant Peppers for my brother, my older brother, when I was probably five years old, four years old, something like that. Yes. <clears throat> and I remember, so, so, so it's like that album's still just like, it's embedded. Oh, man, Within You, Without You, the cello and the sitar together. Oh, that, yeah. On that album was another one of those moments for me as a kid. Like oh fuck, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that fuck. whole album's still amazing. It's like I, I don't think the I don't think the Beatles are overrated at all. It's like they were so amazing. No, look, no, my wife bought me for my birthday this year was that uh repackaged uh white album where it's got the Yeah, I the, wanna get that. 
the, yeah, the CD from their, their jams up mm-hmm. at um, Harrison's house. Really good, man. It's really good. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's they really just, awesome. They just did a remix of uh, Abbey Road, like a remix yeah, album yeah. where they, they actually remixed everything I heard. Yeah. Which yeah, would yeah. be really Don't interesting trip, to hear because I love the pr- uh, the production, all the production stuff. Yeah. It's like they're great yeah, he- headphone music. Yeah, you know? absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all that stuff in the 60s, Jimi Hendrix and all that stuff was like totally psychedelic. Yeah. Well, when I discovered drugs, acid was the drug of choice, you know. That's yeah, why I, I have no hair. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it didn't do it to me. I got, I got my hair. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I didn't discover acid until 87, 86 or 87. It was coming back around then. Yeah, yeah, true, very true. That's that's back what... then. I, I, I don't know about the states, but we had back then was uh, clear lights, uh, red dragons. No, I don't. Oh man, oh really good, <laughs> really good shit. <laughs> I'm just going to start frothing now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was... but having said that, I've, I've done martial arts since ten. I've always been fit. I trained. I taught. Oh really? And about eight years ago, uh, I, I still did personal lessons, but so yeah. There's a That's balance cool. between healthy and fit and, and <laughs> the oh, other side. Definitely. Well, I mean, you know, psychedelics are not like hey, I'm jealous. Reg- regular drugs. What's You just use a back scratcher, man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, that's for my back go off. <laughs> <laughs> I need it, man. It's, it's it's hard to reach around my back and scratch my back. Got, yeah, it, at yeah. the do- got it at the dollar store, man. It was a dollar for this thing. Yeah. Still got flesh on it. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you were, it sounds like you were um, an art kid. You were drawing always, when you were man. little, always. 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 It's never been a time without it. It's been important too because, you know, you go through moments in life where it can be bleak or negative and the art's always been life-saving. Right, absolutely. And that's what you see actually is me venting. That's me venting. All the stuff I do is just venting and enjoying it. Totally, man. I th- Again, we just, I think we just, I think, yeah, the last episode we talked about this very same thing, how it was like, a way, yeah, yeah, way to stay lot. sane, especially with the monsters and stuff. It's like, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, it's, it's cathartic. Yeah. You know, but but you'd, I, you'd probably get the same, uh, observations. Oh, I like the technique. I don't know about the subject matter. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. But you know, at this point I don't get that anymore because I'm the circle that I am hanging or I'm not that I'm really hanging out with anybody, but online, everybody's into this stuff. Oh, it's a legitimate and, and valid, uh, uh, society, isn't it? I mean, when you find more people involved, yeah. like I've, I've been blown away totally. I'm not a social media person as you've probably gathered, mm-hmm. um, uh, to even do Facebook and, and, and Instagram and stuff. It does my head in, right? but you do it, you do it. Uh, but joining a couple of societies, I just can't believe the amazing art out there. It's been mind-blowing. Like Chaos uh, Chaos Circus, you know that one? No, Chaos Circus. Oh, man. They just get such good artists on there. I can't believe it. Just really? beautiful work. Oh, yeah, over dark and ominous and stunning. Just beautiful work. It's crazy. That's cool, man. Makes me look like chicken scratch it does. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I can't say enough how much I love your work. I mean, you really know what the fuck you're doing like you know your <laughs> shit you can tell you know your shit there's certain well, people... mathematics class in school man that's what makes you a great artist it's a mathematics class <laughs> what 
Uh, mathematics class, you know, that's what that's my excuse to people. I drew during mathematics. Oh, I see. <laughs> that made me doubt as I am. Fuck it. <laughs> I, rem- I remember in, what was it? 10th tenth, tenth grade. 10th tenth grade. I um, did, I, I was always like a CD student in math <laughs> all my all my life. Like I remember in the fourth grade getting behind on my multiplication tables and I never caught up. I seriously, it's like I was always behind in math because I never yeah. was able to get all my uh, multiplication tables. And in the <laughs> in the 10th grade, they put me in a, like a slow math class and it was two yeah. and it was two periods long. And I so I get in this class and it's kind of with all like the the rejects and the gangbangers, the people just stoners, people didn't give a shit. And me, who was like, I was pretty smart. I just wasn't very good at math. And so I was like, okay. And I would do the work and it was like, fuck, this is, I did do, I do two, you know, it was two, two classes. So it was like two hour block. I would get it all done in like 10 hours, get it done in like 10 minutes. And the yeah. rest of the time, I would just be able to sit and draw, and it was like my favorite class. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, and then my guidance counselor, someone figured out that I shouldn't have been in this class. Like, why didn't you say something? <laughs> they <laughs> took me out and put me in a normal class where I continued to get um, D's. But you know, I didn't tell anybody because it was the best. It was my favorite class because I could. I, I, yeah. was, I remember I was writing a store, a short story in there, and I just couldn't wait to get the math class because it was just like. So- I know, I know. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> perfect. I understand. Yeah. And when when I got into grade eleven and twelve, uh, we'd moved around a bit as a family, and and halfway through grade eleven, from one school where you had to do mathematics to the next school where I actually had a choice between ancient history and math. Wow, really? I had, a, I had a fucking choice, man. You, It's like, you've got to be kidding. I can choose. So, of course, <laughs> ancient history. Right. Swords, armor, carnage. Of course. I still drew as much, but it was just, it was appropriate carnage <laughs> in my books. It was brilliant. I couldn't believe it. And, wow. of course, it was, for me, it was still mathematical. You have body count in history. Right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Asterix and Oblix, you know, adding up helmets. Right. <laughs> And you had to, you know, figure out how many years ago it was. That's mathematics. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, that's that's uh, okay. So you were were you were you the only one in your school that was doing this weird stuff, or did you have like a group of art friends or anything? Uh, you had group. This is the funny thing. Going back to martial arts, I learned how to fight from going from school to school over who was the best artist in the school. Oh, really? Of all the things. And I, yeah, and I'm thinking, why the fuck are we fighting over art? But that would happen. <laughs> We'd move to another school. Like physically fighting over that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> There's, uh, yeah. and we go to another school, and there's some kid who's the artist, and there'd be a group suddenly culminating around me, like, who the fuck are these people? Uh-huh. And then this guy, and, then, and they'd get us fighting. And uh, one wow. of my best friends, incidentally, I've, I met in 1976 in grade eight. We're still best of friends to this day for that reason. We got set up, we faced each other, and we became best friends. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. And he's also into monsters. Yeah, he also paints monsters. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. We still, we still play guitar and jam. So, oh, excellent. Yeah, oh, you're a musician good. too, huh? Yeah, yeah. I played in the band scene in the eighties and nineties. Me too. I still, yeah, I still do the occasional album cover. That's great. Wow. Yeah. yeah, we get a lot in common. I'm a guitar player as well. Indeed, same here. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, love it. Yeah. What, what were the bands that you were that inspired you? Uh, one was a, a Dementia 13. We had done an album 
in the late 80s. Uh, got played on Triple Z quite a bit. Hmm. Uh, Ego's in the band, about to get signed. Drummer, singer, uh, argue. I form a band with a, a friend of mine who I'm still friends with to this day. He's in a couple of death metal bands to this day. Uh, but that band was called Savage, so it was amongst the Brisbane scene. Uh, and it was around the time where like, you had Powderfinger, Regurgitator. You had bands like that getting signed, so mm-hmm. we were all amongst the scene. But, yeah, you know, too many egos, too many people who, you know, without going into details, that kind of rubbish. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's amazing any band you know, that stay together. Two males, you know, together, banded together, trying to make decisions. It's like a light bulb thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, who, how many, how many, how many Marshall amps does it take to change a light bulb? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, my my um, my son's in a band now. He's he's like um, he's in, he's in a touring band, you know, awesome, like a professional yeah. professional band. And uh, they've got six members, and I'm just thinking, oh my god, it was a nightmare with oh, no. four members. I can't imagine six <laughs> members. Were you were you double guitars? Like you had another guitarist there? Yeah, we had. Yeah, there was. Uh, that, that's what. Yeah, but I, but I mean, I was. It's like I was the lead guitar player, and I couldn't even play that well. Actually, um, uh, <laughs> I was never good at. I was never a shredder. I was not good at playing leads. I was like a yeah, song, yeah. songwriter. Good rhythm player, but I was never good at like or jamming. Yeah. Nice one... sound effect. Love it. Sounded like it too. What's that? I could, I could even I could even hear the arpeggio you were doing there. <laughs> <laughs> but I was in a band with my brother for a while, and he's a really good guitar player. So he was the shredder. But I was, you know, this other band I was in, it was like the rhythm guitar player and me doing leads. But it was like punk music, so it was really, you know... The leads didn't have My to... wife's a punk. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she's a punk. Excellent. T- farm girl, but a punk. Excellent. What bands does she like? Oh, uh, well, you've got Sex Pistols. You've got... Uh, um, she's in the background there somewhere. I could ask her. <laughs> ask her if she knows of No Means No. No Means No? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nobody knows about No Means No, except in Germany. I went to Germany. Everybody knew yeah, No yeah. Means No. See, now it's yeah, yeah. It's not no anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they're canadian though they're amazing awesome man i'll, I'll check that out yeah three sure. piece but it's weird punk it's like uh you know jazz influenced but really aggressive That's, and angry yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah super great stuff but great yeah, bass player too fusion punk yeah kind of kind of yeah it's really it's great though great songs and i don't know i was <clears throat> i was really trying to give the music thing a go for like 10 years before i became a visual artist like i was first I got out of high school, got into makeup effects, and I was working for the film industry as a sculptor yeah. for like 20 years. But that whole time, I was trying to do the the band thing, yep, you yep. know, and it just was like, it just didn't quite ever make it until yeah. we finally broke up. And I was just like, oh, fuck this. And then I ended up um, going to painting after that. Actually, I got yeah. into computer animation, did some stuff for Tool at Van Tool, like some live video. Love Tool. Oh, yeah. cool. And... Yeah. uh <clears throat> and then I got burnt out that, on that. They, they, uh, uh, box collection or the box set they've done is amazing. Uh, the the uh, like, the yeah. sal- salival was yeah, it the it's sal- just amazing, just awesome art. Oh yeah, thanks. I'm yeah. butting in on you, sorry. You keep talking. Oh no, I just was like, I did the I did the computer stuff, and then I, after that, I was just like, oh, I gotta, I'm gonna start painting, and then I just never started <laughs> painting. Like I was around 33, and then never looked back. <clears throat> 
never yeah. went back because it's so it's hard enough to keep you interested and you know that's why yeah, mine was getting successful with the art but i was in a band scene at the same time uh-huh. and and also at that time married to a very very mentally disturbed human being who had a, a tremendous mental disorder oh, so funny. trying to juggle stuff yeah my i have a 30 year old son who also is a, a bit of a musician himself that's my kid's 32 he's thir- 30 also my kid i think he's He's 29 or 30. He just had his birthday. I can't even remember. That's how old he is. I can't remember his birthday. <laughs> his <Terrible>. age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. So you got to no, that stuff and you're juggling, uh, uh, you know, <clears throat> twice went, went towards record deals, but you know, egos and stuff just getting in the way. It's all rubbish. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm playing band practice, playing, looking ahead, going, okay, well, it's going to be this, but am I amplify? And we're still dealing with the same politics in the band. It's like, man, you know, right. and I couldn't actually, Dump over someone to get the deal either. I was told to get rid of a person to get a record deal. I couldn't do that. Wow. I, I that's me as a person as well. I can't I can't run over someone right. to um the top. So that was my decision. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty that's pretty shitty. I mean it's good good on you, but it's shitty that they asked you to do that. Yeah, well I understood at the time as well. <laughs> <laughs> Still couldn't do it. <laughs> no, I couldn't I couldn't do it. I got it totally, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> but, but you know, I went down the art thing. The teaching thing for me was amazing. Absolutely amazing. So I taught up until uh I still do occasional workshops. So up until uh, probably, you know, five years ago. It was more full time. Wow. So I mainly tattoo now and paint. Oh shit. Yeah, I didn't realize you're you're uh <clears throat> I scar people for life. Awesome. Yeah, I didn't. Did I know you were a tattoo? I don't think I. I only know your paintings. I don't think I really know your uh, tattoo. We follow work. each other uh, on Insta. I actually followed you years ago, man. Right in the early days. Oh yeah, like real early days. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. cool. Where back in the days where we all had like you know a uh, hundred to a thousand followers. Right. <laughs> some some go five hundred thousand, and some stay like me. <laughs> <laughs> so how long have you been tattooing? Uh probably around 10 years oh nice yeah it's okay it's all right yeah <laughs> are you like most of the tattooers i know just want to paint they're like uh, at least the no, ones that have been no. doing it for a while they just want to paint now it's like that's all they want to do well yeah true actually that's very true but there is a a trend uh, particularly in australia on the coast where it's become quite uh, uh the tattooing's become a rock star industry itself so it's like, right. uh, and if you, if you see a lot of photos outside of shops, it's like a band scene attitude that's happening, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And it's a lot of, a lot of younger guys coming through of all that. So it's, it's significantly changed. And a lot of them can't even draw. It's just all iPad. So they'll montage the images. Really? So it's all, yeah, it's already totally ready for the customer. It's really about the customer. Right. Customer doesn't think. But, and then they, they're getting that on there. I'm from the old school freehand. I do original designs, and that's become less popular nowadays. Really? Do, yeah, do you? Sorry. Oh no. Do you? Do you? Um, do you draw it and then transfer it, or do you just freehand onto the oh, skin? Both. 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 Um, I'll, I'll freehand straight up. I love doing that. That's just an amazing feeling. Uh, but I stick to original work, and I'll quite often I'll do a drawing first, so like the customer can see essentially what's going on. Right. Yeah. But I'm not a. I'm not an artist where I think you should have this design. I think you should have what I do on you. It's it's about the customer. That's cool. Yeah. How did you get into tattooing? Well, wait a minute. Oh. Before wait, before we get into there, how did you get into <laughs> how, how did you get into teaching? Like, okay, I'm still I'm still back at your your high school days. Okay, so you were the art art kid in school. Art you, kid, yeah. You got out Sorry. of school. <laughs> <laughs> you, 
you got out of school. What did you do when you got out of school? Was that when you started I, doing the? Um, my, my intention, my intention when I got out of school was to get into film and uh, martial arts, uh, have clubs, uh, even at that time, uh, full contact. Uh, I started te- my first teaching thing was martial arts. Oh wow! And 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 my I ended up teaching guitar and also it sounds a bit full on, but I taught art and guitar. But all that came from my martial arts. So you've got like as a concept. And I'm de- and talking totally of the concepts of like say Bruce Lee's Jiu Kundo, which is about intercepting. Okay, and it's more mm. of a, a, a sort of psychological, spiritual thing, if anything. Right. But you can ad- whatever you do. So I took that into not just teaching martial arts, but uh, into the way I do a workshop with students. And for me, it's all about me learning about you. I don't know you from a bar of soap, so I'll set a problem or a task for the group so I can learn about them. Mm. Whereas a normal teacher, a teacher will have you comply to their demand. What they right. think it should be, this is what I know, and you have to learn what I know because that's all I know. Right. And they're too scared to go outside of, you know, their their experience. For me, I, I do all styles actually, um, and I'm a demonstration teacher, so I always show by example, and then I'll I'll move around with students, and it becomes more personal one on one, even though you might be in a group of fifteen or twenty. Right. So it developed into that from uh, the martial arts into. <laughs> The guitar. I never had any time, man. I didn't socialize. I didn't <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're a, a, a I just fucking into it. You like to keep busy. Yeah, I, I mean, was just fucking into it, man. Yeah. Uh, and the then uh, that evolved into uh, I f- went into freelance art. I suppose doing commissions from 19 onwards, and my father was doing that kind of thing. So it 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 happened. And I'm not a good freelance artist, man. I'm good at working under pressure, but I hate it. Uh-huh. And I and I. And in many cases, I'd rather not have the nightmare of dealing with customers anymore with bartering over a price or, right. or all that stuff, all the stuff that goes with it. But it went from there into uh, yeah, teaching. Uh, I'd be, I'd, you know, Eckersley's, it's an art shop. You have that in the States? What's it called? Eckersley's. No. Okay. We have a, an art um, franchise around Australia called Eckersley's Art. Pretty big. But back then, I, I'd won awards as best realist. I won five awards as best realist in Australia for um, wow. what I was doing. And that became rock star. Uh, I'm not that person, but that became a rock star right. kind of thing. Because the Stanley, the awards themselves, the Stanleys were like the Oscars, I suppose, in the industry. Oh, wow. And then, you get, then you get like the Walkley Awards, which is a money-based award, et cetera, et cetera. So I went, I went uh, into the art, uh, won an award, suddenly you're a name. <laughs> and the funny thing with that is people – who weren't listening to you a week before suddenly find your words all valuable. Right. Thought, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Such bullshit. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. So I watched the world change there. But I became like, uh, through Eckersley's, uh, I ended up teaching schools and groups and it just took off. Wow. And then uh, when I left Brisbane to move down to where I am now in the last 25 years is, is what is beneficial to me and that was helping people. So I took that into into the teaching, uh, Gold Coast Art School, uh, did, and I was known for my workshops. And this is going back to the martial art thing. My, the way I was teaching what I was doing was quite unique. Mm. So it was, uh, it was becoming successful for that reason. So I'd be working with schools, teaching teachers. And this, mind you, is a person without a, a name, uh, sorry, a piece of paper. Right. This is a used to wag school, draw a mathematics class, <laughs> the worst fucking marks possible. <laughs> so here I am, I'm now walking into schools that I used to wag, or at least, you know, the whole feeling of going back in to do a workshop and teach teachers and students. It's like, fuck. That's amazing. So, but it, but it, was, it was successful. But uh, the tattooing thing came about from that. And uh, there's a 
a, a legend who came into the art class, um, our school, uh, Paul Braniff, and his family, and he's like one of the second generation greats in Australia mm. in tattooing. Known, and he brought tattooing up to a, a more mature level of portraiture and realism. And I didn't realize you could do that on skin at the time. Right. I've always liked So he came into the art, art school and we had a kind of a deal where you had to get taught by me for, say, a year and then take a folio to him. And one of his, uh, one of my art students who got a job with him put his stuff on Facebook Then every shop on the coast was coming in, every shop, everyone became huge. So from there is he tried to poach me a few times, but uh, uh, it was towards the end. Uh, the school went under with some bad business deals by my, uh, my partner. Oh, I got out of there and I walked into uh, tattooing. He'd already been teaching me. Wow. So I was like, I was like a mature age uh, apprentice. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> Man, I, I, you know, I, I've, I've talked about this a lot in the podcast. I almost got into tattooing. Um, I bought, I had a, a bunch of people kind of encouraging me, like Sean Barber and yeah, man. T- Tommy Lee Wentner and, yep. you know, Paul Booth and all these people were kind of like, yeah. yeah, you should do it. And I, I almost did it. And, but it was like, I, I just, I couldn't justify spending the time to learn how to do Cause I tried it a couple of times. I was like, yeah. oh shit, this is hard. This is like, it's start, it's like starting over kind of, it just didn't, yeah. it was different than any other medium I've ever done before. Totally. It wasn't like totally pen different. and ink. It wasn't like painting. It wasn't like drawing. It was totally different. Just start from ditch digging. Then we're getting there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, ditch digging. It's a hard job. Right. So I was just like, you know, it's going to take me a few years to probably learn how to do this and to enough to make a living. And I just can't, can't afford to do that. And I've already, and I was yep. just, just getting my, my art business and career going. So I, I dropped it, but, um, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I some, someday I would like to maybe try it again, but, uh, I think it's good to give it a go. I reckon, uh, for me, when I started using a mag, like not a liner, Using the mag, I right. fell into that really easily right from the start. It was like a paintbrush to me. Right, just that's what getting getting to know the depth of the dermis, the skin. Yeah, right. And that's what Tommy was showing me. Because he, Tommy, oh, man. he draws right on the skin. He does the sketch. He doesn't have like a design. He doesn't lay it out. He draws right on there. Yeah, and he awesome. and he just does all the shading. And I was like, I I get this, you know, because other people had shown me like doing the transfer and tracing it and transferring yeah. it on the skin and then outlining everything. And I was like, this is not anything. Like, yeah, yeah. This is not how I paint or draw. And then Tommy showed me, I was like, this is, this makes sense to me right here, you know? Yeah. But yeah, you'd be good. The way you paint your style, uh, tattooing would appeal to you in that sense. Yeah. Right. And the best thing too, is you do something you like. Right. So you have a guinea pig, you're a name. So you have a guinea pig, you'll have lining, you'll have them lining up. And you do your paintings on people. I know. That would, I know. And then you, you'd, you'd excel quickly. It's just a matter of getting to know the mechanics and the 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 uh, the you know. It really is a science and an art form of the skin and what happens right. to the skin. Yeah, yeah. The and, thing learning is is when a tattoo heals, it's in its healing process. You learn about the tattoo, whereas a lot of these younger guys now are coming through, getting shops too quickly, wanting to be professional too quickly, and they have yet to learn what that skin's going to do. Right. So people get chopped up for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just like I, I can't. I mean, I don't. I can't. I couldn't take the time. Like, I can't. Understand I'm so totally. behind on everything that I that <laughs> I have going and commissions. It's like there's no way. I, I, I yeah, yeah, it yeah. is, and, and it's all consuming. Like I was, I was yeah. still at school for a couple of years there, 
whilst learning uh, the tattooing thing. And once a week doesn't cut it, you know, you've got to go in there yeah. and be with it. It's and it like, is a, they, it's a lifestyle thing, as they say, like art or being an artist is a lifestyle thing. Everything works around that, that right. moment where you're. It's just like with painting. When I teach people painting, I, I have a Patreon and I have like a, a mentorship level, like the highest level I sell. And it's people, yep. I, I do like a one-on-one -on -one and it's like, I, I tell people, you gotta, you kind of got to do it every day. You know, you really yes. have to do it all the time to get all the shitty ones out. Yeah. You know? Well, it's, you'd see in, in the art classes, a student who's excelling and then they'd get accolades and, and they'd have a, an entourage of the other groups coming up to congratulate them on their, on their work. And they just shrug their shoulders. They spent 10 hours instead of two. Right. That's all it is. <laughs> you know, they spend that length, length of time, but also, you know, you can shortcut it with uh, process, mm -hmm. but it's just, no one spends enough time at it. They expect the secret trick given to them. Yeah, there's no secret trick. Yeah. Will yeah. you touch me on the head? Then I can levitate. Yes. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, it's just that's the you know one thing I always say. It's it, you know it's repetition and practice over and over and over and over and over mindful, and over and over. And mindful repetition. Right. And yeah. mindful, really, it's fucking up, and it's being mindful of those fuck ups, which no longer become a fuck up because you're recognizing it's a parameter you're working by. Right. <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah, I can tell you're a teacher. You're well thought out. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's that's good. Sides of the mouth. No, no, no. That that makes sense. Mindful repetition. That's a way better way of putting it because you have well, to you be could, aware you of what you're doing. Or you could you could draw for ten hours a day. Uh, but it's to keep a few things in mind and rec and recognize it and you progress much more quickly being self teaching by being aware of it. Right. Works really well. Yeah. Whereas we just sort of People just sort of draw and paint, and it's not quite working. It's kind of okay, but they're not thinking about it. They're not uh, uh, being aware of the process. Right. It's, yeah, it's too reflexive. That's what, when I first started, I didn't know shit about oil painting. I'd painted in the movie business, like creatures, airbrushing, yep. prosthetics, and all that stuff. So I did have, I knew <clears throat> some painting, and I was drawing all the time, and I started learning Photoshop and stuff, but... I just went right into oil painting with just some very basic knowledge because my dad was an oil painter. So I knew about like, you know, using mediums and, and his, his technique of underpainting, I basically paint kind of how he does, which is kind of an illustrator, like, like a, a Boris or a, a Frazetta way where you kind of do the brown burnt, yeah, yeah. burnt umber underpainting yeah, or sienna good. underpainting and then yeah. paint over it. And, um, <clears throat> but I was just feeling my way through it, man. I would, I was into it and really interested. So I would just start painting. I didn't know anything about composition. I didn't know anything about anything. It was all completely intuitive. So I would just keep fucking with the painting until it looked right. <laughs> and it was like, eventually I could make it look right. Like my first paintings, I, I was able, they were good enough to show. They weren't like the most amazing, but it's like, I knew that if I just kept messing with it, I could get it to work. And But then, you know, you start to learn what you're doing and then it's like, yeah. okay, I could spend way much but less ready is proactive what's that and your mindset already is proactive and productive like you're already there's questions it's observations and right. you know if i try this or do that right and that's the difference between actually learning and someone saying i don't know what i'm doing oh my god it's fucked right. up again yeah and I, I was getting any books i could and just reading i, I want if i you know you're probably the same way when you get interested in something you get obsessed about it you know yeah. i was like that yeah. with learning to play the guitar and uh computer so animation the and, time and in the time things start to pull themselves together right 
if, if, if I can quote Dave Mustaine, is that, what the fuck is this? It's that kind of <laughs> art in, 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 in anything we learn where it's like, what the hell am I dealing with? Mm-hmm. You know? And you just you just touched it right there. Is it's 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 like okay, what is this? What the fuck is this? How come it's fucking up? Right. You know, instead of being a victim. Oh my god. And yet somehow. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's the fun. Man, we we could discuss teaching. Man, some of the the, the personality types who want to learn. It's incredible. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I believe it. I've really just become a, a professional diversional therapist, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The best thing I just do stupid things to distract you. <laughs> you know. You know. It's, what's funny is I um actually the way I started teaching was through the tattoo world, actually, because I got invited. Yeah. I think it was 2010. I got invited to a tattoo convention. And prior to yep. that, I didn't know shit about tattooing. I didn't know anybody in the tattoo world. I didn't know I had all these tattoo artist fans. I had no idea. I went to this tattoo convention. It's just kind of like this whatever, you know, small time artist guy. And everybody knew who I was there. And it was like I was like a, a rock star there. And I was like, whoa, what the hell? I had no idea that <laughs> this existed. People knew me. Yeah. And yeah. So I started that people started asking me to do seminars, like painting seminars. And so I was like, okay, I'll do a painting seminar. And then I was like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing, you know? And I had to like break down my process because I've always yeah, been man. very Same intuitive, thing. you know? Yeah. So I had to go, uh, okay, what am I my, doing here? <laughs> and then like, Well, one of my running jokes is uh, I used to tell students, which was quite true at the time. This is back in the late 80s, 90s was, I thought impasto was something you ate with sauce. Right. <laughs> when impasto, of course, is to paint thickly and right. with a, a paint. And then really, I, 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 was, I was always a demonstration. I could I could function, but I didn't know the words for things. So right. when I started teaching that, it was scrabbling for some technical word that they can latch onto because that's what it's called. Right. Like, like scumbling with a brush. Right, you know? exactly. Yeah, it's like yeah. I, I didn't – a lot of the terminology I didn't know – maybe you know seven or eight years into painting yeah. like having yeah. a professional no, no, it's like the word thingy and what you may call it right. Those words, yeah, <laughs> prominent yeah and then suddenly you realize what the word means and you walk in as if you knew it all the time yes yeah, so right. we're going to do some stumbling today <laughs> yeah it's quite so don't forget the impasto <laughs> yeah I, it was it, it was really good for me though because once i had to learn what i figure out what i was doing for the last I guess I would say about seven years before I started yep. teaching, I became way better of a painter after I fig knew, figured out what I was doing. It's like, Oh, yep. that's why this is working. That's why I've been able to do this because I've been doing this. I've just been doing it without any words, yep. you know, and it's Perfect. been, in, in yep. a, it's been a feel it thing. Swear words. swear words are involved. What's that? Swear words. Those words are involved. Right. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but 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 I feel like it, it I jumped up a level when I when I learned how to teach people what I was doing. I kind of went up a level as a painter. Yeah, indeed. Absolutely. You know? Best thing you can well, best thing you can do if you your mindset sounds fantastic, whereas some have a degree or think they can teach and can't. Right. So so you're you're again you're using uh, a situation where you know you're learning. Like I've never saw myself as a teacher. Okay, right. I just have a, a an abundance of information I can actually share and give, but uh, uh, always a student. So you're learning with the person you're with. And okay, what is it? What is it that, like for me, 
who the hell do I think I am to think I can teach? Right. You know, what makes me think I can be a teacher? And so uh, I've always been a student for that reason. And that's what you're talking about is as you teach, is you're observing what the students are doing and therefore oh, you're yeah. learning. Yeah, big kick in the ass, that one. That's good. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I felt like and every- that, Of course, that, that's through fear and sweat. <laughs> right. And as you teach, like, holy fuck, what are we doing? Oh, my oh, God. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Chet, you're so good. You're so in control. Yes, right. of course I am. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what I'm thinking. I have no idea what I'm doing up here. <laughs> I'm not sure I can pull this off in three hours, you know, this this painting. Yeah, uh, so you've got the hair and beard and moustache. There's no one can see the beard of sweat rolled right. down your forehead. I can just kind of like cover everything up, cover my face up with my hair. Look, look like a vegan death metalhead doing it. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's it's interesting that, that I came to teaching through tattooing, even though I'm not a tattooer. It was from that whole experience that, that – um, Yeah, well, that I, amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. It, it, the ta- getting involved with the tattoo world was – huge for me it really was big it also kind of kicked my career up a level too once i um realized that that the thing about the tattoo conventions this was the beginning of this whole dark art society thing was these tattoo conventions because i'd go to the tattoo conventions prior to that i was showing in like pop surrealism venues you know lowbrow in galleries and stuff yeah And and i was like the weirdest way weirder and darker than anybody in the show. And I always had to kind of like justify what I was doing and try and explain, you know, people were like, not sure it wasn't stuff wasn't selling that much. And then I go to the tattoo conventions and what I'm doing is like middle of the road for tattoo artists. It's like, it's like, you know, subject matter. It's like my stuff is like the kind of regular art (laughs) because there's, there's way more extreme stuff. The tattoo, tattoo culture, has way darker tastes than, you know, regular culture. So I was just like, ah, this is where I belong. This is the, you know, yeah. this is my audience right here. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Same yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, I bet. So it's, you know, I, I, it was nice to go finally be accepted somewhere for what I was doing, not, <laughs> yeah. not have to like justify what I was doing and explaining it. It's like people just liked it because they like monsters and shit. Yeah, and no more sitting by yourself on public transport. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> no one talks to me. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I, I had a lot of friends in the in the art scene. I still have the same friends, and and I was, you know, Copro Gallery showed me, and I was showing at some other places. But it was like, I guess it was a lot of the collectors that were buying the art didn't get it. You know, no, it's not, not. Well, the gallery scene is so fickle, and it's also uh, extremely like the music scene. It's so produced, and mm-hmm. like for myself, I'm actually multifaceted. I like traditional styles, you know, John Singer Sargent, right. all that 19th century portraiture. Love Van Gogh, you know, mm-hmm. I demonstrate those kind of feels, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, anatomy is my thing too. I'm, I, I love anatomy. Oh yeah, me and too, I, man. I learned, I learned mm-hmm. as a kid with uh, Michelangelo as to uh, that a master was considered a master if. They could draw a human body out of their mind in so many angles, and I thought, no, fuck that. Uh, I, you know, I can I can do that. I can do what Michelangelo does. You know, I was just right. that ignorant as a, I can do that. <laughs> I'll do more than that. So I, I used to work at it, and to the point where I don't need reference. I can just draw whichever angle I need to. Right. From. The, yeah, um, that's amazing. Yeah. I, 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 I digressed now. I forgot where we're talking about. Uh, I don't know. We're both so old. This happens, I'm sure, to you. Yeah. Who well. are you? <laughs> what am I doing here? 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, I think I've just spilled my colostomy bag. <laughs> I've got to change it, love. Just give me a second. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I, I was uh, reading a post just the other day, on, I think on your Facebook, where you're talking about how you just kind of basically, you go from out of your head, you don't use reference, re- you rarely use reference for your yeah, monster stuff. W- well, I don't. I'll say, um, like, I haven't, Pumpkinhead, when that came out, was one of my favorite films because of the suit design. Right. In yeah. suit design, I hate it when it's like sausage, sausage uh, gloves. Right. You know, when you go spindle hands, when you see hands, you can see them spindly and right. knuckly. And, and so in film, uh, anything that came out with that, even in Alien, there's a little bit of that. Right. But it's, uh, uh, when Pumpkinhead came out, it's like, wow, man, that's a good suit for its time. Yeah. Good suit. And classic. Yeah. So, uh, so with Pumpkinhead, I hadn't seen Pumpkinhead since VHS. Uh, so what I did was have a quick look just to uh, get to know the character again and then and draw it. Mm-hmm. So, so say in that sense, my art's always original. Is there's no copying. Like right. Alien, I know Alien back to front. I know those creatures oh, really? back to front. That's I awesome. I can just do something out of my head. Yeah, I haven't copied that stuff. But initially, to learn, you copy. You know, you, yeah, you yeah. Get information through it. And also, I, yeah. I feel I feel like if you, I, I always tell this to my st- students as well. If you know human anatomy, if you know figure, if you know figure drawing, if you learn that stuff well enough, you can do monster stuff for days. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, and, and, you know, and the more the better. The more you know about anatomy, it it feeds into the drama of a creature because mm-hmm. they are they're dramatic. It's it's like a dance almost, uh, right. a martial in a way that that to be <laughs> to be creeping across like like a. a <laughs> and look like it you know you've got to do it properly right <laughs> well we can discuss say zombie films you've got uh dawn of the dead in the 70s and its remake and then you've got uh, say i am legend and so you've got zombies that walk so slow why would you get killed in the first place well that and, the, and- <laughs> the, the zombies that walk slow i'm a slow zombie guy so the zombies that walk, <laughs> i'll tell you why <laughs> But now we're arguing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about numbers it's it's there's so many of oh, them that's the yeah, danger true. Yeah, yeah. And then, you, then you get that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like a mall, isn't it? It's, it's zombies, really. So yeah, we we move amongst it all. Yeah, yeah. I just. Uh, but then you get my legend where this thing's just up and down the staircase, like zipping along. Right. You know, that, that, <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm not a slow zombie person, but I, I, I understand. I I was the the you know the um the one that got me the one that the fast zombies that I thought were great were uh, 28 days later. That was the one where I was like, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. I can accept these fast zombies. These are because they were scary. It was still scary. I don't like the ones like I didn't like the ones in the remake of Dawn of the Dead where they're just like athletes running, you know, like at full speed. Yeah. It's like, you know, they got to be fucked up and weird and creepy still. You know, yeah, the yeah. reason I like the slow zombies is because I just find that creepier. It's because I'm more yeah. about the creep or the creep factor than I am like the boo or the. Well, like, it's like it's like Michael Myers, you know. You'd be running, but he's just standing right. there in the background. Exactly. Now catches up around the next corner. You've got that butch knife at your throat. Exactly. You know, that, exactly. That kind of that's creepy. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. the stuff I was always. I was more into the the, the creep the, the creeps than the the scares. But yeah. um but one of the creepiest scenes, zombie zombie wise, I think, would be in I Am Legend, where they're standing. He comes across them standing around breathing. That scene. Which are you talking about? The which I am? Oh, the the Will Smith. Will Smith. Yeah, right, right. I, yeah. I then he goes into that warehouse uh, and and they're just in the dark, breathing away. Man, it's like yes. <laughs> I don't. I, they got to do something when they're doing something. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. I haven't. 
you know, I, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I did, I did designs for that movie. That, okay. That, um, yeah. I don't think they didn't use them. I don't think, but I was one of the people that was, I think our shop was trying to get that job. So I did a bunch of designs. They were up on my website. They're pretty cool designs. They're pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm out of touch with everything. So I'll have to go through your stuff. Like a <laughs> well, my, fanboy, my, web- fanboy. <laughs> my website's down right now. I got to redo my website. Cause it was like four years out of date. And so I just put a, <laughs> put a, uh, a coming soon or under construction. Yeah, yeah. Four site. Years ago, yeah. <laughs> 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 so I'm paying for this website. I just haven't had the time to make the damn thing. But yeah, um, you're a good dude, man. I like you. Totally, yeah, yeah totally this similar in many ways. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm seeing parallels. Everything except the uh, martial arts, which I wished I would have gotten into. I wish yeah, I, I should have my wig. I think my wig. <laughs> <laughs> I did have long hair in a band scene. It was halfway down my back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, at this point, I'm just like I don't even give a shit. So it's only growing because because I'm too lazy to get a haircut. <laughs> understand? Understand? Same with the beard. I'm just like fuck this. I'm just very focused on my art career and trying to make this thing work. Because you know how it is. It's hard to make a living doing this stuff. Oh, it's shocking. You know, the funny thing is when I was uh, at my spiel actually on on Facebook. I did one on uh, um, Instagram as well, and it was just about uh, people still to this day. Uh, a painting takes a certain amount of time, uh, and I still get bands asking for work all the time, and I understand bands are broke. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you do a painting or they want something that's detailed, it took three weeks to do, and they, they've only got $250. Right. And, you know, it's that kind of thing. still happens. Oh, but yeah. I, what, I, what I charged my art, I'm actually still the same price I was in the mid-'90s. So... Uh, uh, say if I did a cover for a magazine, it'd be like three thousand back then. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, if I do a painting, say a week or more, it might be that. But no one wants to pay that anymore, man. Right, no I know. I think it's, it's, it's worse. I think it's worse than ever, especially is, with absolutely. with bands. Because I, I don't, not sure why. Maybe because the indus- the music industry took a shit. But <laughs> from, from what I hear from other, I don't do a lot of album art. But from what I hear, the prices are pretty low. It is, it is. You know. But uh, I want stunning pieces, and you want to do a stunning piece. Right, I and know. I'll, I'll put my price down just to have a, a cover. Right. You know, just to have a cover right there. But it's, it's, uh, since social media and, and everyone putting up their art, it's actually changed the landscape significantly. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because you get people who aren't very skilled, who think they're skilled selling their stuff way too much. Then you get those who are, are way too little. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah actually, there's I'm a lot of that. I've got a low battery. Oh, wow. you better plug I'm it up, plug, plug it in. I'm going to plug it in. All right. He's plugging it in, everybody. <laughs> Sounds like a porn film. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay. plugged in? Is that going to mess am. you up? You don't have to stand the whole time, do you? No, nah, my spurge is as good at the moment. All right. Um, yeah. What was I going to say? I was going to say something about, uh, you were saying, no, you were saying pe- there's people that, you know, also charge too little. And I was, yeah. I was saying there's a lot of those. There's a lot. I see a lot of artists that are amazing and they're selling yeah. their stuff for so cheap, but I know, I know. you know, they're, they're, it's, it's a weird industry and, and people, I, I still get people showing me the folios and asking advice and it really is get a day job. That's the, the typical excuse to be an artist is get a day job and work on your art and let it happen. Right. If it happens. 
Uh, but also, we are inundated with some good shit as well. There's so right. much good shit everywhere. There's tons you know, of good shit. Ton, yeah. ton, tons of amazing stuff. I'm just happy I can paint and maybe be up there amongst it all. But uh, And then you get the other side where people who think you know, they're really something amazing and getting in the way. Right. You know, they're ones that are quick to walk, walk over others to establish themselves. Right, so, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's kind of chaos. There's chaos yeah. all over. Um, cause there's just so many people out there now. And then people, and it's funny too, because people, I kind of get it, but people see people like you doing amazing paintings and they see it and they like it and they're like, I want to do that too. And then they yeah. don't realize it's fucking hard to do. It's hard. It's really yeah. difficult to learn. I mean, you have to, that's why, you know, I, I remember Robert, a lot of artists have said this, but Robert Williams, I remember him saying it. He's like, yeah. don't get into this field unless it's the only thing you have, unless you absolutely yeah. have. You for it. You, for yeah, it, unless yeah. you unless you have to do yeah. it, don't do it because it takes so much time and it's so difficult to learn that you know <laughs> the, the, the the you have to love it because that's going to get you that's going to get you through all the difficulties. Is that love? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, yeah. Well said. So. That's that's or, 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 or the second best step is have minimal knowledge, become like a manager of a studio, and then forcibly manipulate young artists into doing what you want them to do. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that, that was that was <laughs> that, those up halfway up the corporate ladder who want control, they're right. the ones that are getting away. And they can, uh, I'm actually in the 80s and 90s when I was doing freelance back then, it was and, and, and it was way overpriced as well way mm -hmm. overpriced and it just went through the roof uh but you had the middleman making it that way yeah the one that was uh, you know feeding the bullshit to the client and the artist did you have any, something i chose to do then was to to get that get rid of the middleman and just sit with the client myself and talk right and uh, you find it's it's not as much it depends though some jobs are really expensive and hard to do and some you know you find that they're overcharging so it's like just finding a balance and yeah, also, it's a, technically, it's finding a style that works, something I discovered in the 80s and 90s, when I was in the newspaper industry, is finding a style that works efficiently that you don't have to spend time on because you don't have the time for right. it. So that, that could go from realism through to impressionism, through to expressionism, even abstraction. You know, you can do something that's arty and wonderful looking, but it doesn't have to you know, be hours of work. Right. Yeah, I, I imagine illustration, you know, being a being a freelance illustrator is probably an amazing way to learn all kinds of painting. It can be. Yes. I mean, yeah. cause, cause it pushes you to either, you know, uh, <clears throat> you know, sink or swim because you've got these tight yeah, deadlines. Exactly. Yep. Plus you're producing all the time. It's probably, yep. it's gotta be great for, you know, building well, your chops uh, up and it, stuff. In house. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. And I got good at that. I'm, I'm actually a really efficient and very quick artist in that sense. So I'll be used for deadline art that come in. I want something in an hour, in an hour. So, you know, you've got to whack something on a piece oh, of paper man. in an hour and make it look good because there's hundreds of thousands of people buying that magazine or paper the next day to look at it. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. This is, uh, this is my naive art. It's a naive art style, yes. yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did that on purpose. What, yeah. What's what's your preferred painting? Um, medium? Medium, yeah. Are you like an uh, – you're oil, right? But you do acrylic? Well, uh, well, uh, well everything you see is acrylic. Mainly because I work fast, it's efficient, it doesn't stink all, my house out. All that stuff's uh, acrylic? All of your stuff's acrylic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I, but I work, 
I work in oil and all medium I'm, I'm capable of using and I love it, but yeah. acrylic suits me. And it's that's just a cool, bitch. Man. It's, it's, uh, acrylic's a bitch on, on the palette. That's where that's acrylic is. Exactly, <laughs> man. I went back I went back to acrylic. I started with acrylic and then I figured out oils and then I never went back. And then if well, you, oils are forgiving yeah, in that sense. I went back a few <laughs> years later and I was like, oh, I'm gonna try acrylics. And because I was gonna try do, to do like the half of the painting in acrylic and then finish it in oils. Forest Vallejo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I start I couldn't deal with the paint kept drying on my palette. I'm like, this is <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. It was yeah. driving me crazy. I can't work that's, with this. That's, that never changes. I've used acrylic since the word since since I started and, and it's still a bitch. <laughs> I just <laughs> didn't realize. Yeah. I didn't realize how fast it dried because when I first started I was used to it. And then I got into oils and I forgot about it. And then it was like 10, 15 years or maybe 10 years later, I went back yep. to it and I was like, oh my God, I can't deal with this. I got yeah. spoiled. I actually, I used to get oil painters to use acrylic to discover certain things uh, more uh, uh, quickly about their medium. And I used to get acrylics to use oils, vice versa, uh, to discover something about the medium they would normally use. So if an oil painter used acrylic, they'd go back to the oil recognizing say, a layering process that oil doesn't right. give you straight away, wet on wet. Right. Uh, uh, so with uh, an acrylic person using oils, there's a learning that they can mix and, and see what's going on. When they go back to acrylic and mixing, they've got, at least in their mind, they know the, the parameters they're dealing with and they're more capable. Right, yeah, yeah. I, that's, I'm impressed that you're doing all acrylic. That's amazing because your stuff looks like, I mean, I just assumed it was oil just by the look of it. And I always tell people, you know, there's the debate about oil versus acrylic. And it's like, I, you know, my <laughs> yeah. dad used to tell me he was an oil painter, but he did acrylic stuff also. And he used to, he used to always tell me about this guy, Chuck Wren, this illustrator, yes. Chuck Wren. And he's yep. like, that yep, guy's, yep, yep. that guy's paints in acrylic and his stuff looks like oil. Like you can't tell it's not yep. an oil painting. And, um, you know, you can, you, if you're a good painter, it doesn't matter what you, what, what well, you're Well, gouache, for instance. Gouache is a classic oily-based water paint, really. Right. And you can, paint, you can paint thick with gouache or watercolor. But gouache itself stays soluble even when it's dried. Mm -hmm. You know, you can reignite right, it. Right, Whereas oil is, oil is like gouache in that sense. But yeah. But again, it takes a bit of dry, and you've just got to keep that in mind. Whereas acrylic is the <laughs> acrylic's the asshole in the painting, I reckon, because it's, it's just a bitch. Mm -hmm. you know? And you've got, to pick up, you've got to pick up your own speed to learn the process, but it does make... I don't know it, it trains something in you, and I don't know I've, I've got used to it. I demonstrate with it. I actually show oil painting techniques with acrylic, watercolor techniques, all of it. There's going to be, I'm sure there's people listening that are going to be listening to the podcast when I post it that are going to be cheering when they hear that you're an acrylic painter because, and there's, I, I see in the Dark Art Society, the little Facebook group we have, there's like the acrylic people that are like, yeah, acrylic. That's always been the way, man. You have. <laughs> You have the oil school rounds on acrylic because acrylic is a plastic and it's new, a newer right. in the in the gallery scene. Uh, so it's not a real painting. You have the uh, realists against the abstractionists. You have vice versa. You have acrylic painters who who uh, again it's based on I think using the medium. Right. They can't use the medium, so they'll attack it. Right. Everyone's uh, always having a go with some like. For me, I used to get across like oil painting is like a smooth personality that's slick and you sort of move with it. You know, like uh, say charcoal is someone who snaps quickly. Uh -huh. you, know, gets you, you get to learn how to deal with that. Acrylic's like someone who talks fast, moves fast, gets shit done. You right. got to keep up with. It. You know, right. when you base, base 
that kind of personality with the medium, then you start to adjust, I think. That's interesting. You know, the, the only, um, <clears throat> I've never been a snob about oil or acrylic, but personally, my, the, the reason that I stick with oil is there's two reasons. It's the drying thing on the palette. And yep. it is, I love the fact that it dries on the, on the board quickly. That's amazing. I mean, I wish I could, if I could get oil, if you could get oils to dry like that, oils would be perfect. If yeah, you could yeah. get oils to dry as fast as you could get acrylics to dry somehow, oils would be perfect. Well, you've got those crossover mediums. Have you used them? Like, you know, you've got oil, so-called oil paint that dries like acrylic. You've got acrylic paint that dries like oils. Yeah, but I, yeah. I don't, I've, the, 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 well, the thing I was going to say I is. I don't like that stuff at all, personally. The, the, the thing that I, I – I, um, the one thing that oils the oil really beats um, acrylic in is glazing. Like I haven't uh, – Oil, the glaze or the sheen in oil painting is is where it's at, I reckon. It's just the, the – just putting the layer of glaze on, yeah. you know, you see it when you paint it on in oils. And it's like if you use a, a, a an acrylic medium with the acrylic, it's kind of like gives it that milky well, color method, and you have to wait for it to dry. Method. Yeah, my method from using oil paint is when I uh, varnish my acrylics is I, I still have it taped. I'll use an acrylic varnish, normally a satin, mm-hmm. and then I spray varnish um, a satin spray, and it looks like an oil painting. People mm. look at my work, and they can't work out whether it's a print. This is the original, whether it's a print or an oil painting. Oh, wow. Yeah, because of the way I do the uh, varnishing at the end. So that's cool. Because oil painting, it's just has life. You know, when you finish, it's got that life, that depth in it already. Right. <clears throat> yeah, so yeah. But- quite flat. Yeah, right. Yeah, the, the the other thing that I don't like about it is that it dries a a bit darker. That's the only other thing too. Acrylics dry a little talk- bit. What's that? Uh, we're talking acrylic. Yeah, acrylics yeah. dry a little bit darker. I do. We get used to that. Yeah. Again, <laughs> again it's all based on pain. It's right. Learning based on pain. I like and you know if to use acrylic is like fighting someone who's just. They've got it over you. you just sort of learn, <laughs> a few hits before you learn how to maybe block or parry. Right. You just got to copy. And that's what acrylic does to you. Yeah. Oil paints like Brazilian jiu-jitsu. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 but I mean, I started in acrylic. It, it, that's all the stuff I painted in the, in the, or most of the stuff I did in the film industry was like acrylic based paints. Yep. And uh, so I'm, I, I, I am familiar with it. I just, and I tried the extenders. To make them not dry as fast, and that didn't. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't I don't, like that. I don't like. That. Yeah, I use, I'm straight up acrylic and water. I don't use any any flow mediums or anything. Really? No. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, and that came about uh, in the eighties. I was teaching martial arts. I was playing guitar. Uh, you know, writing music, and also I was trying to do my painting. So I had to squeeze everything in. So I had to think efficiently. Like instead of spending like ten hours, I've got to do this in a couple of hours. So. My work is still that way. Uh, just uh, you get you're so used to it, you do have a plan and an approach. Norm, normally, you see my work; it, it's a similar kind of construct and, and method and the way right. I put certain things down for that style, anyway. Right. You know, yeah. so, like you know what you're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. Do, uh, you, um, did you like Heavy Metal magazine in the '70s? Man, uh, and Metal Hurlant was its European uh, right. originator. Right. Um, totally, man, totally. And there's some, I can't even remember the name of the artist, but uh, Morbus Gravis, Druna. Right, Druna yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Uh, that's one of that, 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 the, the nib strokes, the painting, the, the brush strokes in that, in that comic are just stunning. Yeah. Beautiful. And that, of course, just amazing concept as well. Yeah. That one blew me away. So there's a whole bunch of Spanish or French artists that are just mind boggling, man, mind boggling. 
Yeah, I can definitely see that in your work, the heavy metal influence. The uh, I, I just uh, – you just – you recently – or I, I saw it recently, but it's kind of like this. It might be your your profile picture on your Facebook, but it's kind of like a, a corpsey-looking dude with a hat, like a weird – Yeah, that's actually my business card. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> that, that's definitely got like that, uh, you know, Mobius – heavy metal yeah, and stunning and when he was doing uh like i had all the alien art books back in the 70s as well oh for, yeah, right. uh, uh, yeah all the artists who worked on it and and his work in there is particularly good uh giga or giga his when uh uh he got involved in that and then he started doing his his work for june remember they were they were going yeah. to produce june with yep. that stuff and then they went ahead with the other shitey film yeah uh, um which isn't bad but it's shitey there you go <laughs> I haven't seen it uh, since it came out in the theater. It's like a cult film now. Yeah, it is. And yeah, I want to yeah, see yeah. it again. It's all too a tad blocky for me. I like Sting's role in it, though. That's yeah. amazing as Cobra. That's pretty good. I don't, I barely remember. I mean, I went, I was like a, a Lynch fan at that time, but it was 13 or 14. I'm not sure. Something like that when it came yeah. out. And I remember going to see it and I, and I didn't like it. <laughs> I was disappointed. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. But but exactly. so many people love it now. I see people talk about it all the time that I I, I want to see it again because I feel like you know maybe I was too young or, <laughs> or maybe there's something about it that I missed. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's still the same. It, you'll still <laughs> feel the same way. But Even David Lynch didn't really like it. <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of respect it more now. I think I do that with a lot of films at the yeah. time. I was too impressed, and it's like, oh, that's cool. Right, right, yeah. Actually, at work they were playing on the big screen. Uh, the thing one of the tattooers hadn't seen it. John Carpenter's is the thing. Oh, that yeah. was a the breakthrough film, man. I'll yeah, tell you. That was a yeah, and, and what, what pissed me off that year, fucking E.T. wins. I know. Bloody effects over the thing. I know. And, and of course, Carpenter, that film, I remember in Australia, no one knew how to deal with that film. It was so over the top at the time mm-hmm. and still stands up well. But that 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 film and its whole design sense, I know we're sort of digressing all over the place, but that film, man, was just a breakthrough in, in visual. Actually, visually for me, uh, an artist, you know, Peace of Mind, Iron Maiden? Uh-huh. That album cover? That's yeah. That's really such a huge influence on my art. Right. That, that singular, iconic figure escaping from itself. Yeah. Uh, that. Uh, I can see that. Space, yeah, in my art. that That's such a huge influence, that painting alone. Yeah. Just the light and everything is just amazing. I love double lighting. Good old 80s double lighting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fireplace. No, Fireplace and Moonlight. That's right. what I do. Yeah. <laughs> I love that stuff. So cliche, and my colors are like that too. I'm still stuck in 70s and 80s colors. I've sort of got into the more morose downside of greens and oranges. It's great though, which what's, I love. I think it's still amazing. What's your what are your go What's your go to palette color wise? Do you kind of use a little bit of oh, everything? Double, or? Double, just a double primary. So you know you've got a warm warm red, uh, cool red, warm blue, you know, sallow blue, and an ultramarine blue, for instance, a, a crimson or a vermilion. Hmm. A lot of my stuff vermilion nowadays. Uh, but I, I have a double primary palette, and I just work from there. I, I mix as I go. Right. Yeah, so I don't have you know ten thousand tones or shades of grey. Right. Except <clears throat> for when bondage and doing weird things, which I'm joking about. <laughs> I've yeah. actually been really man. I've kept this tame. I've kept it pretty good. I'm not doing puns. I'm really in control. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're doing great. You're doing great. You're you're very interesting. <laughs> and I don't have to. I don't have to pull information. I don't have to pull information from you because you're very talkative. Talkative people are so easy to interview. <laughs> so I appreciate that. 
I'll do I'll do EXP EXP for you. What? EXP. Now, if you excuse me, I must be on my way. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't believe it. Oh, no, Hendrix, Axis Ball is love. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just testing, yeah, testing. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, what you, you transitioned out of? Um, just to get back to your illustration career, you transitioned out of that into teaching, right? Uh, I, I did both. Were you doing uh, it both at the same time? Yeah. So in '89, I started uh, uh, making a name and teaching, and and was involved in the publication industry and the film side of things until say '95. Um, I my first wife was uh, had, had DID, which is dissociative identity disorder. Without going into that, right. but ended up yeah, horrifyingly abusive and and uh, uh, ultimately ended up hanging herself. Oh my god! Uh, and and went from that sort of thing, thinking, what is it I really love doing? And again, it's helping people, so teaching. Right. So I would still do the occasional commission, but uh, I was so focused on helping and, and uh, sort of perfecting this method of, of helping others that that, that became more consuming. Right. So so uh, the commissions became far less because I wasn't focused on – I still had clients I'd worked with for you know, over 20, 30 years, which I would still do. Oh, stuff that's for. cool. Yeah. I was just wondering so – It was like Coca-Cola and Penthouse. And, oh, wow. You know, you had Australian magazines like Truck and Life, and you had the the, the, the magazines, the newspaper, mm-hmm. etc., all that sort of thing. I'm wondering if you did you see the the de- the demise of the illustration industry because it's like, yep, wasn't it around? I guess it was in the '90s when people started using um, started yeah, using Photoshop there. and stuff. And yeah, well, I made a choice. I remember when computers very first came out. I was in grade 12, 1980, and I remember when they first were introduced to the school I was in. Very first time ever. So it was just the old, um, I don't know, Apple Mackie thingy or something. Right. And, and uh, uh, when I got to Queensland Newspapers, it was, uh, I gave it a go, but I, and, and, and I'm proficient with it too. I don't, I don't, ha- I love computer art. I think it's amazing. Right. But I make voice, but with being tactile, I wanted to just touch yeah. paper and that kind of thing. And on and off, I've, I've, got, I've got Corel 13 up there in the loft, and I'll use those things occasionally. I've been on an iPad in the last six months because mm-hmm. the shop I'm in, they exclusively use that kind of thing, so I might as well get to know it. Right. I'm like the Asperger's kid that you've got to push through the doorway <laughs> to get to use it. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, oh, this isn't too bad. Uh, but, yeah, I remember in the 90s, uh, they were doing a massive transformation of Queensland newspapers, and they were getting rid of, uh, which was me at the time, oddly enough, I was like 33, 34. Uh, I was considered the old, painty kind of artist type of dude, and they were like refining it to computer art. So you know, me as the old thirty-something-year-old, you know, basically was uh, we had a mutual agreement with me going nice payout, uh, and then I when I pursued teaching full time. Wow, yeah, that's what I was. That's kind of what but I was was getting at, maybe. Yeah, if I was, I was wondering if that's part of the reason you went into teaching is because the. The industry was changing. The um... yeah, that was all part of it. But uh, again, it was the stimulation of teaching and developing techniques that really worked, and and so I focused on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and cool. in the last eight years, eight, eight nine years now, I've uh, again occasional workshops, but not too much. Right. Yeah. yeah I, uh, they're uh, handpicked nowadays. The, uh, the demographic I don't like teaching is the middle aged corporate housewife. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, make me look better. <laughs> Won't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, f- I found since I, I started this 
I don't know, maybe it's a year and a half ago. I don't remember, but I started this Patreon I was telling you about where I do the mentorship and yeah, start, start yeah, teaching awesome. people one-on-one. And yeah. it is so, I, it, it really was just like, oh, I need to figure out a, a higher end tier and, and, you know, what can I offer that people are going to pay a hundred bucks a month for? And, yep. and I was like, okay, like a one-on-one, I, I'll give advice and help teach people that are working. Is that Skype as well? Is that through Skype where you've got them in front of yeah. you while you do it? Yeah. That's yeah, all. Skype. Yeah, yeah. And I also give them my cell phone. So if they want to send me stuff throughout the month, they can send me pictures and stuff. That's cool. That's yeah, cool. it's cool. But the the thing that uh, really took me by surprise was how rewarding it was personally to see these people progress because everybody yep. I've worked with has like every month they come back with and they're better. And it's like, that is such a fulfilling thing that I didn't anticipate. It was kind of amazing. It was like a little bonus. Cool. Yeah, you know? awesome. So yeah, I totally awesome get, I get Which is why, why you do it. It's, it's amazing looking at this happen in front of you. Right, right. And, yeah. it's, and it's a lot of times, I, I'm sure you're this way on, on uh, social media. You see people mm-hmm. posting artwork that are yeah. new, newer artists. And you just, you know exactly what they're doing wrong, but you don't want to say something because you're going to come across as a dick. Like I see stuff yeah, all yeah. the time. And it's like, oh, I wish. Oh, I get I get that from total beginners giving me advice on my stuff when it goes up. <laughs> awesome. I wish I could just tell them because I want to help, but I don't want to, you know, they didn't ask me, so I'm not going to say anything. unless. No, no, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and even uh, I've learned that you get some very unskilled uh, people who really think they're there, they're killing it. Right. Musicians, artists, they think they're killing it. They think they're there. They're, and it's just, that's, that's the weirdest thing to well, do. Well, the, the, with social media, everyone just says, awesome, awesome. That's know, great. Know. You know what I mean? It's like if you're showing to a bunch of your your peers that maybe don't know art that well, all you're hearing is how great you are all the time. You know? Yeah, yeah. But you have to get in the mix of professional artists. I have people and, around uh, like that, and I'll watch it, and I'll be gentle in making suggestions, but I don't want to come across like anything either. Right, exactly. Like, yeah, I'm so pompous that I think I should know. <laughs> but sometimes, yeah. but you see, you know, a lot of times it's just for me, sometimes you see it and it's hard. You have to bite yeah, your lip because you know it's like if they only just knew this one little thing, it would change everything for them. But I don't want to be a dick. You yes, know? I understand. Yeah. <laughs> hence, I, hence, I say stick to myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, are you doing any? gallery stuff nowadays or I, I i used to get asked all the time this is what we we're talking about sorry the gallery scene right uh they they either want me doing it that's where i was at that the aggression was they either want something like anatomy but I, like i taught life drawing for many years so doing that kind of loose form i just love uh but traditional landscape the singer sergeant kind of thing the the heidelberg school australian landscape painters of the 19th century mm. you know arthur street and who's english anyway john mccubbin uh, john roberts all those guys amazing mm. And I love painting that way, but it's just something I don't do. And when you get involved in the gallery, they want that from you. We want this from you, nothing else. Right. In fact, I think it was uh, uh, Dave Van Gogh. He suggested I do your dark art, um, the show. Yeah. And I wasn't in a place in myself last year to consider it, but it's something that's it, I've thought about. It's, it's an area that's, like you said, it suddenly there's all these artists that are like you, you know, right. doing that sort of stuff. Yeah, there's a, awesome. There's a lot of us out there. There's a lot. I mean, there is. We're, so now it's only now really I'm coming around to okay, I might start showing something or doing something with it, or maybe I should lift my profile. All that sort of, uh, you know, <laughs> all that stuff. No. Yeah, yeah. You, you, uh, you would like Copperell Gallery is perfect for you. I think I think they would they would love your stuff. Yeah, so I'm keen. I'm keen on that. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. it's getting it's getting more popular. It's getting more. There's more and more galleries. There's a place in Long Beach, which is not that far from me, out here, like for, forty minutes away or something, called the Dark Art Emporium, and they're just like yeah. all dark art. And there's Hyena Gallery the, uh, the other way, like thirty minutes from, away from me the other way. Hyena Gallery that's all dark art. Cop, yeah. Copro's primarily dark art. So you know, and then there's Last Rites in New York, and then there's some places in. Um, it's all, they're all in the states, though, as far as I know. All the dark art. Well, in Australia, the dark art thing is really, really is around the uh, uh, the tattoo scene. I would say. Yeah. More right. Yeah. 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 yeah the tat- and Even now, it's only now I'm thinking about where I should go do some expos and do stuff. You know. Right. Yeah. That's funny that the um, that's that's another reason I'm always giving props to the tattoo world because they are really a big reason why dark art has become more acceptable you know yep. it's it's from all these tattoo people these tattoo tv shows that were popular for a while and 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 the ta- yeah. tattooers i mean you know it was like kat von d's show and all that stuff she had like michael husser paintings michael husser was on one of her shows who's like you know yeah. one of the, one of the, yeah. the biggest right biggest dark yeah. artists around and um yeah. the, the, it's it, Little things like that, you don't realize it, but that's a big reason why this kind of artwork's becoming become more accepted is from the tattoo industry. Absolutely, yep, totally. Yeah. So totally. I always, I always gotta, uh, <clears throat> I always gotta give them, uh, you know, give them their due for helping, helping us. But I think it's getting bigger. Even I think it's getting bigger, especially the more fucked up the world is getting. It's becoming more of a relevant art form. Well, let's go to geopolitics, shall we? <laughs> it's true. It's awesome. true. Man. Ten hours later, <laughs> well, it's like I don't. I always say it's like it's the most. I feel it's the most relevant artwork for the time we live in. I think I will tell you, man. My artwork is really cryptic because I, I I'm a studier of things. Always have been so. Uh, the whole concept as a kid is why do we fight? Why we why do we have warfare? Right. Uh, and of course, about rule and, and control of of land and control of food, really. And all through history, it's been the same thing. It's the same thing now. Nothing's changed. Just uh, uh, the puppet shows just done a little more a multi tiered. Right. Multi tiered, and it's amazing uh, through media how we do get swayed and and uh, herded really without going into any. I'm not a conspiratorialist either. Right. It's either functioning or it's not. It's either real or it's not. And of course, it seems that there are certain mechanisms being used now that are real, mm-hmm. and we're being pushed around. You know, we've been dumbly pushed around. Oh, especially, ridiculous. especially with uh, the whole Cambridge Analytica thing and the social media and da- data data mining and all that shit. Yeah, is seriously all of it, all real. Of it. So my art actually depicts that. Like, do you remember the one I did with the the pan and the uh, the hurdy gurdy? No. Okay. Well, that uh, even is that the on your Instagram. One, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the whole uh, titles I use sometimes are Latin, and that Latin is a, is an abstraction to what the painting is actually on about. When the painting doesn't necessarily have to depict it, right? Yeah, that's so, awesome. Uh, so that's that's, a, that's but and you don't have to see that either. And the thing is, it's not like you. I've got to explain it because it's just a cool looking monster, right? Otherwise, things in the painting that are depicting like several, you know, uh, uh, underlying allegories that um, uh, universal. That's the that's the when I think when you when you hit the balance of I don't I don't want to say perfection but when you nail it it's when you've got a painting that just works because it's cool and it doesn't need any any explanation but it also has the deeper 
ideas yeah. hidden in there. Yeah. If you are curious to look further, those exist as well. That's yeah. at least for me. Also, that's like Renaissance did that for me growing right. up. Like mum had had lots of books, lots of music around. I was just totally into it. And it was the the painters during a the 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 height of Catholicism painting really dark stuff. Right. And allowed and painting stuff that was pagan as well. And they were allowed to because they were depicting something with it. And that always fascinated, like a, a triptych of images that would and a comic really in itself on a wall. You know, mm -hmm. Comic book stuff. Yeah. And uh storyboarding as it were. And yep. and those things really influenced me a lot. So I still do that. My artwork really is based on Renaissance work, uh comics, uh film and, and iconic um allegory. Wow. She has to tag it. <laughs> <laughs> Would you buy this painting? I don't know. <laughs> Looks like it means something to me. Fuck that. No, that's cool. I mean, that's, like I said, it's legit. All this stuff is legit. It's time for, it, the, the time has come for us to stop being, you know, regarded as not serious artists, you know, because this, yeah. this stuff is. Look at the skill in, like, my father was massive into sci-fi. Okay, mm -hmm. so Same with mine. Mine was too. Yeah, Chris Fosma, uh, there's uh, I, I want to put up soon on my social media the very paintings that influenced me growing up. And Chris Foss was one of those. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can't remember the artist, Macquarie, someone in yeah. uh, who did uh, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, the, the, he did the design for the medical shit, man. What a fucking beautiful design, you know, oh, that yeah. kind of thing. Amazing. Um, yeah, and that that's always been, uh, I'm probably digressing again, I seem to be. That's always been a thing. Is um, is gaining that kind of knowledge and moving it forward, and and cryptically, it's linked to. I mean, film itself is crypti cryptically linked to a lot of uh, sociological things going on at the right. time. Absolutely. So uh, that's always been of interest. What did you do? You said you did a little film work, or you were? Oh, uh, look, look. You know, I <laughs> uh, in teaching martial arts uh, back in the eighties, you had Warner Brothers just start up on the coast mm -hmm. in Australia. And a lot of the instructors, uh, fellow instructors, were becoming stunt actors, and I considered that for a while. But, oh, uh, really? <laughs> stunt, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stunt guys are nuts, man. I, I mean, they're great, great people, but, but well, they, I'm watching all these guys with broken limbs and bro getting broken up by it, which is fine. But it's it's preventing them from doing their martial arts and teaching. Right. And so, like but a, these, adrenaline these junkies. Guys, yeah. These guys were getting into then writing their own scripts and doing stuff and asking me to do storyboarding and design, design work. And that's not a problem. I just love that stuff. Right. Also, design work with relevance. I don't like just mindless stuff. It has to have function and and in its environment. Like, say, uh, Blade Runner, for instance. Right. The very first time it came out, it's just a, an environment that looks functional. Oh, yeah. That kind of thing. So I, I ended up doing a few things that way. Uh, storyboards for productions. And this is where egos come in. You've got a tiered... Uh, a pyramid-like shape of, of different worlds and acting and movie stardom. You've seen it yourself where someone's maybe getting their first film ready to go. Mm -hmm. Then you have that, that person's done their first short or the first feature and up the ladder it goes and suddenly, you know, if they make, make a name for themselves, it becomes that height and heady area of filmmaking. And I, I went into that and there's a couple of moments that really devastated me that could have been huge and I thought, fuck this, man. So really? I just, I just took it out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what? What specifically? Oh, okay. This is this is a classic one. Okay, <laughs> a a stunt actor dude, uh, no names, okay. uh, wrote a script. Wrote a script that was the most amazing sci-fi piece. It was fucking awesome, man. It was really really good. Uh, but he wanted to direct, produce, to act. Uh, he wanted me to choreograph, do this, do these storyboards and choreograph. 
Okay, so he mm-hmm. had this big heady thing in mind. Uh, and I went out of my way to do, you know, I love camera angles and camera movements, so I did the storyboards appropriate. And he actually had a producer friend, in, this is back in 93, 94, mm-hmm. mind you. He had a producer friend in uh, Melbourne, Sydney, who mm-hmm. uh, he showed it to, and he showed it to some investors down there, okay? And this is back then, they offered, and this is not lying, $11 million up front to do the film, okay? But we would get, uh, this is how good the script was, uh, we would get uh, a credit as as writer and storyboard artist, okay? Which yeah. is what happened. You haven't done a thing yet. Right. But this lad, this lad I was involved with, Oh, no, no, he wanted to direct and have complete control. Mm-hmm. But these guys said, whatever you write for us, we'll make. No worries. Wow. Okay? It was an open slate. It was like it was there. But he didn't want to lose his control over this thing. I said, look, look, man, we do. I was writing some scripts at the time as well. We do this. We get this in. We start working at it. And five films later, you can do your masterpiece. Right, right. That kind of thing. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, the investors in Sydney had sent the storyboard and the script over to Japan. And these guys over there offered eighty million to make the film Holy up front, shit. up front. Okay, no questions. Uh, uh, but um, uh, you'll just get credit as storyboard artist and etc. Right. And it's like, man, 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 this, this, just do this, or, or, or we'll make anything you write us. Okay. Wow. Because they've been on the country at the time, and he he wouldn't budge. He just wanted to do this baby, this masterpiece, this fucking thing that was going to be brilliant, but it was going to be shit because he just wouldn't budge on it. Wow. And then and then he decided he was the artist to do the storyboards and drew over my storyboards. Oh my god. And it's like me. Another was a horror film down at Gold Coast there, where you're sitting with the directors, the director of photography, the actors, and everyone. They're doing their first meeting to start the film, and it was just everyone thought they were the film. The actors thought they were the film. Right. The director thought, no, all that. And it's just like, man, you know, I just dealt with this, with this in the music scene. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> fuck it. I'll just teach people. <laughs> yeah, it's it, you made the right decision. <laughs> but that that has its own headaches and pains as well. You get the whole groupie thing happen, and you don't, people don't listen. Right. They just think they're going to pay their money, get touched on the head, suddenly they're going to be a master of their destiny. Right. And then they've got to do what you just said earlier is spend 10 hours a day working at it. Yep. <laughs> but that's also very interesting. Yeah, nobody but wants, I can jump wants to hear hoops that. Like no one's What's that? I can jump through hoops like no one's business, man. I can jump through a hoop to get you through that hoop. Yeah. That, that's what I can do. I'll <laughs> jump through the hoop first and you can jump through with me. <laughs> but yeah, diversional therapist. Yeah. Wow. Well, it sounds like you've been pretty successful at everything you've tried to do, right? I mean, you're, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's, it's been, yeah. But it's, that, that's, again, that's, it's, uh, you know what it took to do the, like guitar, I'm still recording. I'm actually recording some instrumentals at the moment, and oh, really? it's really different. Yeah, my style is is a combination of uh, Hendrix, Zappa, um, bruise metal, acid rock. It's just a bent. Oh, how cool! Original. I'll send you some stuff. If yeah, you want. yeah. Do you are you, do you have it online anywhere, or is it um? No, nah, no, nah, just nah, just for nah, you, okay. kind of, or yeah, yeah. At the moment, uh, the idea is to uh, get a cover happening and put something out and see where it goes. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, that's I really miss. Um, actually, I, I what I miss about music more than anything is writing and recording. That was my favorite part of it more than playing live. What's that? I'm a, a jamming man, like uh, jamming just to get in a room with people, and then when you realize that you don't have to do a song, 
and you can just jam on cliches and riffs and then it grows wings from there man that's that's the moment for me yeah i'm i was never uh, good right, after recording I was never good enough to do that. <laughs> like I, 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 we, you know, every band jams, of course, you know, yeah, that's how you yeah. write songs a lot of the times, but, and I did enjoy jamming, but for me, I was really into songwriting. That was my favorite thing is to sit and write a song and then recording it. I love recording. I love going, love going into the studio and layering things and getting a sound and uh, yeah, that's awesome. awesome. so much fun. And, and I, awesome. I, I painting, actually, painting, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's what, um, I really, uh, right now I'm doing on the, on the Patreon, I'm doing like time-lapse videos of my paintings. It's one of the, one of the features you get and you can't use copyrighted music anymore because <laughs> you know, you'll get, you'll get it taken down from YouTube. <laughs> so I've got, that's one thing I want to do that I haven't had time to do is record my music just because it's like a perfect way to use it to have original yeah. music. Cause I've got all these songs that are like halfway done and stuff. So one of the many things I want to do when I get some time, you know, is cause I got, I'm set up on my, com on my computer with logic and everything. So I started learning that and how to record what logic. If you, if you don't mind my, uh, it's, it's the, you know, one of the big, if recording software programs, okay. I yeah, I'm pretty dumb. I missed my, my <laughs> yeah, you, I missed my cassette Tascam. Oh yeah, I had one of those too. I had a reel to reel Tascam too, a four track. Man, yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome stuff. I miss that. Miss sounds that sounded great. But this stuff yeah. is great though. Once you learn it, it's like, oh my god, it, it, coming from that because I was like a Tascam guy. I've, I yeah, yeah. recorded all kinds of shit on my cassette. You know, where it's recording on both both sides at the same time, so you yeah, get four yeah. tracks. Yeah, when, and backwards, man. I love backtracking. Oh beautiful. yeah, <laughs> but once you, uh, you uh, have you played played with a Garage Band on on your i uh, your iPad? Oh my God, you got to do it. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so amazing. You can. It's like just with your iPad, you can just the drums sound incredible. It's crazy. Okay. It's gonna yeah. blow your mind, man. Okay. It's like I so start Garage Band. It comes standard on the okay. on the iPad. Okay, I didn't know. <laughs> and you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's amazing, and you can, you know, you can basically. It's really intuitive, and they've got drums, and they've got all these different instruments that kind of sound synthesized. But um, you can also buy an adapter and plug your guitar right in there. And I did a bunch That's of fun. bunch of music yeah. music that I recorded right through GarageBand, and it's like it sounds so good compared to the the, the, the Tascam that we used to use. The quality, yeah, yeah. and you could do mo as many layers as you want. It's insane. Well, I like Pro Tools. I record on Pro Tools. After, yeah, uh, Logic is like the, it's man, it's crazy sound. Yeah, Logic is like Pro Tools. So okay, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it's basically another. It's a different pr program, but it's yeah. like Pro Tools. But the thing of the GarageBand, it's so simple. It's just so easy, and you can. Well, simple sounds good because it it really does irk me to learn these things. Yeah, I just don't have the head headspace for it. Yeah. For instance, I have a loop pedal, a Boss loop pedal, which I've had for probably two years sitting there, and only a few months ago, one of my friends uh, came over for a jam, and he showed me how to use the damn thing. Uh -huh. You know, <laughs> I just don't know. You know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Sure. I know it's crazy. The the older we get, too, man, it's like. I, I can I I, okay. I feel myself being left behind because so much new stuff is coming. It's, it's happening, like, isn't it? Yeah. And now we remember our grandparents saying everything I know. the same word then. Yeah. But the thing is, right. I used to be totally. I mean, 
I was really into the cutting edge computer stuff when it started coming out. Like I started learning yeah. 3D animation and Photoshop pretty early, like in the late nineties. I was yeah. way into it, but now at this point, I'm just like, it's all <laughs> I'm yeah. being left behind. I can't yeah, keep I'm up saying. with, you know, all the new shit that's coming out. It's just like you don't have enough time in the day to learn all this stuff. I know, man. I can't do it. My my son's a, a computer genius. Oh, really? Yeah, one of the bad moments was when he left um, here and we we suddenly became very dumb again on computer because he was our, <laughs> our master question answerer. Right. No. Yeah, miss that. Yeah. So, nah. Yeah. I like I, – I, I, I've always been kind of like a tech person. I used to build my, you know, computers and stuff in the really. Oh yeah, my god! In the I got a book and I, I built a a few computers, but it's not as hard as you think. But I like, yeah. I just like to learn about things. I like learning things and and I don't know technology. I'm, I'm about as quick as a sloth crossing a freeway. <laughs> That's me. And, and and me holding this iPhone right now is like a two thousand one where the monkey first touches the monolith. That's me. <laughs> yeah, right there. Oh. Well, you wouldn't know it from all the shit you've done in your life. Lots of shit. Loads of shit, man. These are bowels work. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. So what What do you, do you have anything, are you just kind of like, do you have any plans for your art? Or are you just kind of tattooing oh, yeah, and yeah. painting? Or yeah. I mean, what's, what's. There are, there are plans. And, what are, what and are the, the plans? Oh, well, really start selling more prints and maybe, you know, doing more stuff that way. You know, some galleries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should. Sort of, yeah, I'm just uh, coming back around to realizing I, should, I need to do that sort of thing. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I've got enough backhand slap marks on my head from my wife. Go on, go do it now. Go on. <laughs> Are <laughs> you actually getting good at slapping in the front of the head? Right? <laughs> how much? Uh... Are you selling prints and stuff? I don't know. Like, how are you doing with your with your non tattoo work? Oh. Uh, it's okay. Uh, you know. Uh, prints around 50 you know usual thing i don't know it's, it's funny i don't know what the prices are in the states i've seen a few things that seem like it's quite cheap mm-hmm. like uh, like for instance uh like that that pumpkin head that'd be like 1200 right which is uh, that's actually cheap wise what size time. is it uh probably uh, uh in a quarter of a sheet of arches so probably uh just under a3 a3 size a3 is what's a3 uh uh and we're talking uh, centimeters here, mate. Cent- centimeters. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm still. What... I'm, still like, I'm still imperial. <laughs> I'm not sure what A3 size is inch wise. Yeah, they never talk about John Holmes in centimeters. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's been way too long. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, I mean, your your stuff is selling because uh, it's. I, I personally, I think you just need to. You need to do more social media. Yeah, true. promotion of your work everyone. because you I get this from everyone. I yeah. get it from work, and it's true. I do. I do need to. Because you chuckling in the background there. See, I told you, someone else said it as well. <laughs> your work, <laughs> your work is too good for you not to be more well known. In that, I think your stuff's amazing. That, yeah, yeah. No, I, I could. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah. And and it's all free now. So yeah, true. So uh, we have uh, Anna has a list. It was around on the on the window there of doing. Was it Patreon and what's the other one? There's uh, a few of the sites where you can put up work and sell. Yeah, Patreon is the one I'm doing. That's the big one. Yeah, yeah. you have to yeah. have a. The thing about Patreon is you need to have a big social media following, so because uh-huh. so that you could bring them over. Like I've got, 
Yeah, I'm working on my duck lips and my ass shots now. <laughs> I can't wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I'm going to use that for some reference for some paintings. <laughs> That's like a lunar module landing on some kind of crater. <laughs> but I found that, you know, I have, I just hit 118,000 on my Instagram. Yep. And I was thinking. I'm in there somewhere. Homage, homage, bow. What's that? Uh, I'm in there somewhere in that following. Oh, yes, you are. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm following you too. I but, should just stand by the fuck out of you and tag everything <laughs> into it with, with draw blood. <laughs> But what I was going to say is my idea with Patreon was like, if I could get 1% of that, which would be like what, uh, 17 or a hundred, a thousand people or something that would be doing great on Patreon. Okay. So, so far out of 107, 18,000, I only have like 320 something and I've been like promoting Bastards. it. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not calling her bastards. I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> the tr- P- Patreon's not a discovery platform. Like the, no, no. people won't find you on Patreon. You have to bring well on 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 say Instagram. Everyone advertises the Patreon all the time. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. like a matter of coaxing people over with you know yeah, yeah. offers and stuff like that. So just keep that in mind that you, you need to get people to to come buy a whip. To it. Buy a whip. You mean get a whip? Yeah, awesome. a whip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I I love it, man. Patreon, I mean, it really is amazing. It's it's the future for people like us. I really think. Right, we have a future. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's a lot They'll of people just, that that are interested in what we're doing. Too. When this when this when this fascist communist slash uh, corporate uh, entity takes over the planet, as communism does, it takes out poets, artists, and philosophers. Right. So. All the dark artists will be put on an island somewhere and, and motored over with a bulldozer. Dark art island. I like that. Dark art. That's awesome, man. Dark <laughs> art island. Yeah. That's awesome. Dark. That's the script right there. Yeah, dark I know. That's what I was going to say. Dark art hey, island. Man, how come you're here, man? I don't know, man. That is really intense shit, man. It'd be like a escape from New York type of situation where it's the future yeah, yeah. and they and they, and they they put all the dark artists on one island and then we have to. Yeah. yeah. And all call ourselves Pliskin. Yeah. Awesome. Then the, pres- then the president crashes on our island. And then yes. someone's Well, we got food. Hooray, we got food. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to eat Trump? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, nobody wants that shit. <laughs> yeah. That's like, um, that's like bar- those real cheap-ass barbecue sausages that are tightly wrapped. <laughs> <laughs> they probably, uh, you probably get it. I'm sure he's carcinogen- carcinogenic. Yeah, poison's a word. Yes. Yeah, on all levels. I won't go there. We won't go there though, but poison. Yes, yet. yeah, yeah. It's 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 and having gone there, now that we've gone there, I really can't believe and I've noticed uh in in each decade they'll have uh, presidents or prime ministers that echo each other look wise. Mm-hmm. So you've got that dumb, dumb piece of shit in England now. I and know. So they always seem to get the same kind of it's like emba- you look at Trump and, and the English dude, they look like dumb and dumber together. Yeah, so it's funny. so embarrassing. I know, but this this is what's leading the world. I I my jaw has dropped this time around to see it's either the best manipulation ever, obfuscate mass, or it's uh it's uh the dumbest thing that's ever happened. You know? Yeah, yeah. If, no if one expected. yeah, if nothing else, it just shows how 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 much in chaos everything is, and how yeah, it's sign of the times. It's the zeitgeist of the times. That's what he is. He yep. actually represents the dumbing down of of everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's like the um you know you get the de- you get the leaders you deserve kind of thing in a way yeah yeah and that's very true and people might complain about that but yeah people do we allow it we yeah. allow it yeah yeah apart from us getting pitchforks and lanterns and run, running a mock and taking out innocent people you know right and then that doesn't that never ends up oh, that's well, well. security sorry that's their job yeah right <laughs> <laughs> hey i'm in australia no one knows i'm talking about this right. <laughs> <laughs> well um that was a great interview do you have any do you have any other uh uh i don't know things coming up that you want to promote any oh just, just paintings in general all i'm really doing is painting to, to be happy uh, painting to if people like it, excellent. If uh, people want to buy it, that's fine too. I haven't been pushing, as you know, right. uh, but maybe push a bit and just get some stuff out there. I'm keen to do some gallery pieces, you know, oh. like uh, some dark art stuff there. That's that's been on my mind a lot. Excellent. And uh, just be happy in life, really. Yeah, that's the goal. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm... And then fanboy the fuck out of you. Like, yeah. You know, I'm like stalking you and this irritating person that. Won't let go now. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look forward to all the new stuff you do because I'm a huge fan. I love your stuff. So, I mean, I I, I envy your your uh, your technical ability, and I'm and I'm glad that you're painting monsters too because you know we need awesome. we need the more great artists are painting monsters, the better it is for the whole dark art community. You know, I think so. I think so. It's a good we, thing. We should we should. You know, we want to try and if we want to legitimize this movement, we need to have like top artists painting monsters and shit. Yeah, you know and I mean? can also uh, uh, literate and talk and discuss it. And, right. Uh, you know, behind dark art are a lot of artists who are going through heavy things, and that's how they overcome yeah. their various emotions and what you know, depression, what they're going through, and that's something that's coming out more now. I think that's really good. You know, so and yeah. I can say for myself, that's been a healing experience for me painting this shit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's yeah, like a co- co- running a school with AK forty seven. Put it that way. Right. We just we just talked about that in a podcast recently. How it's like, you know, if those the the Columbine shooters maybe had something like an artistic output, they they might not have fucking blown school, gone and maybe they were drawing went fuck this isn't working. I'll do something different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do a Jackson Pollock on that wall. <laughs> Well, maybe. <laughs> no offense to the people who have been injured and hurt and, and by it all. No, yes. It's dark humor. Yeah. you got to cope with it somehow. Yeah. Uh, I've been actually good. I have an appropriate sense of humor, so I have to usually keep uh, keep uh, tabs on it. But I haven't had a tab, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> now you got me talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, it's the last five minutes where you get in trouble on this show. <laughs> <laughs> There's editing. Yeah. (laughs) I try not to edit because it takes too much time. But anyway, well, thanks for coming on, man. Um, I appreciate you taking the, taking the time and, um, uh, hit me up if you've got any questions about anything, if I can help with your promotion stuff. Cause, um, I'm, you're a most excellent fellow. It's good meeting you. Thanks. Yeah. You too. So hold on, don't hang up. I'm going to say the little thing at the end, but so just hold up a second. So I'm going to say thank you everybody for listening. Uh, if you want to support the Dark Art Society, you can go to patreon.com slash darkartsociety and you could get the podcast a day early every week and help support the podcast. And if you want to support my Patreon, it's patreon.com slash chetzar. And I've got a ton of content on there. And 
and that's it. So, um, <clears throat> so we can we can ex- we can do an outro of mouth trumpeting smoke on water together. Um, yeah. <laughs> Got a mouth trumpet though. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I think that I think that was a failure. <laughs> yeah, yeah Brecker Brothers at, at Fillmore. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Um, Indeed, man. Awesome. Thank yeah, you. and I, and I'll I'll be talking to you soon. So uh, say thanks. goodbye. Say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.